Yeah, you know, it's it's important stuff. They're here to they're, they're here to hear you more than they're here to hear me. They hear me all the fucking time. I respect that stills. Um so hi and welcome to Bridge the Gap. This is the show where we come through and we talk to very interesting people such as Mr. Vincent Price over here and we walk through their lives and we, we learn knowledge nuggets and whatnot. My name is Holden Stefan Roy, and I'd say it's truly a pleasure to have Mr. Vince Price over here with us. Boy, oh boy, is this guy an interesting character in my life. I would argue if you were to say to me, like, mid-December, who's Vince Price? I'm going to be like, Ismail gifted him a sub, and that's as far as it went for me. He was in the chat. He was just a name that was there. And I'm like, I don't know who he is. Then I'm like, we're going to come through. And we're going to do this murder face review. And then the next thing I know, Vince is like, can I be on that? Cool man said it was cool. And I'm like, huh? He's like, I'm in the murder face. I'm like, you're in the murder face? And he was like, and then we did the thing. And that was on January 1st. And some like three weeks later, he agreed to be the DJ up on the crossroad thing. And then we started this whole fucking mission. And now Vince the homie and whatnot. So it's real fucking cool to have him back on the show. Dropping music. Beat making fucking guru up in Montreal. Producing Mind the Brilliance and whatnot. Plus, he's a podcaster. And does podcasting stuff also. This guy is a, is a very Asian. talented multimedia creator dude. I think it's safe to say it's multimedia. Once you branch out into multiple kinds of media. So welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to have you here. And um pleasure's all yours. No, I'm joking. <laughs> that was funny. Nah, it's, it's, it's it is. It's good. So we'll get into it. I have my token first question I like to ask that like starts off the story and whatnot. You've probably seen me ask it before, so you're real familiar with it. It's okay, we're gonna run through it anyway. Just cause when you get to God, what would you like him to say? <laughs> Ah, oh, man, I should throw in some questions like that one day. Just, like, fuck with it's people from, um, the review. <laughs> it's from the, uh, um, the actor studio. Okay. And, like, at the end, he would always, like, he would go through the person's career. And then at the end, he would ask it all the, the it's usually, it was usually actors, obviously, the actor studio. It, uh, James Lipton, uh, what's his name? Will Ferrell did, like, a, a spoof of him. But he always had the same, like, set of questions. And he was just, like... When uh, when you get to heaven, if you saw God, what would you like him to say to you? And it was mm. just like... That's a fresh I mean, question to, still. Sorry to nah, curtail you. But this is the real... This is the first Vince Price experience. Um, that's what you are. You're a repository of knowledge and information is what I've come to see. And you can correlate almost any moment back to a movie or a moment I mean, how useful or useless uh, that skill is or that, that gift that I have is, you know, that's that's up to you or anyone to, you know, surmise. But, Vincent is taking over the interview, perhaps, okay. for now. But also, I'm curious, right? Like, um, we see Vince on camera a lot. I talk to Vince a lot, so I guess for me it's a bit different. Also, I don't talk a lot on the, on the, on the stream, on the, in the stream, in the cipher, because I'm I let the music speak, even though it's not all mine. But you know, I let the music speak. But like on the other end of it, um, it's all 
I was just curious where you went with that question because it threw me off guard a little bit and it's pretty blessed. But still, I'm going to still ask that first question because it wouldn't be a proper episode without it. Like, even if I ask somebody to come back, we got to make sure they re-asked it if they didn't get it the first time. On that note, it's a whole bit of a whole little story. And when it lands, all the good stuff. And Vince is like, no, I really don't want this question. And when I just... No, I don't mind. It's, it's my fucking... <laughs> My laundry is going. It's loud. I'm just gonna close my door. No worries, man. It's the real deal. Twitch experience. Um, I'm, 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 I'm sure we're all having fun. We're all, we're all getting a little warmed up together. But um, basically, yeah. So it all starts with my girlfriend. She washing her dishes and she's, she's listening to that Black Eyed Peas song and she's doing her thing. That I got a feeling. And she's like bopping around and dancing and brought me back to this whole like vibe of like thinking about this song and its place in time and whatnot. I highlight back in the day, you know, 10 years ago and now we'd all be in the clubs, jumping in circles, drunk as fuck to this song because it was the big party and that shit was huge. Remember the one take videos and shit? Shit was huge. And now it's chores music and it's workout music and it's all this active feel good music. And they got me thinking about like musics and times and whatnot. How everything just kind of fits into stuff and just how like all that club music that you're hearing today the cardi b's the everything everything's it's all gonna be like this chores music in the future that kids are gonna watch their parents and shit grow up to and whatnot and it's gonna create a foundational element to like them and whatnot and that got me thinking a bit about musical journeys and all of our musical journeys and all the typical things when it starts with our preferences when we're in our you know early adolescences as we form our identities and usually the whole thing kind of starts there but now nah, for me it's like that's not really where the the journey begins for most of us it goes like way back to when we met young and whatnot like yo i can think about being mad young with my parents and my dad would have those gray boxes the amplifiers and radios and all the wires hooked up to the speakers and be bopping these zeppelin tapes and shit like that at night it would be the radio mc mario techno things my mom would cop that bad disco from the fucking corner store and it would just be these shitty knockoffs and all these different like sounds and things like would be listened to a lot and kind of form this like foundation of I guess my whole musical journey so i think it would be mad awesome if you could walk us through a little bit the soundscape of your existence when you was like a super young serial killer mr price damn i don't know where to where to begin um like what 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 was the first some like some of the first music that i that like i heard when, you, when you're like that, when i was yeah. a kid like, like you're super young you're around the i house. mean i grew up i grew up in the i was born in uh you know to to age me i was born in 84 the end of 84 um so more like 85 so my 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 formative kind of like years when i guess i like kind of understood music more like when like three four five um i know there's like a few uh songs that i like really like i i grew up in a pretty musical household like my parents were always playing music my dad's like he, he played bass he's like a bass player oh, my mom nifty. loved music she was always playing music and singing she had a pretty good voice you know like she probably could have been like a a backup singer possibly but she loves singing and that dancing have a good time so like i specifically remember like a few uh 
songs that I liked when I was a kid, like uh, that were kind of corny. It was there's this one song I don't even remember who it's by, but it was just like it was like I think they used it in the Club Med ad or something like, and it was like hands up, baby, baby hands, hands up, give me your heart, give me, give me your. That, that shit's a banger. Uh, I don't care what anyone says. Banger. Banger. And there's another one. Uh, I think it was Terrence, Terrence Trent Darby. Um, it was, uh, Life is like a wishing well. Kiss okay. and tell. So like this, I guess cheesy 80s kind of pop. Like be, I don't know. It was like a happy kind of vibe, which is <laughs> the music that I kind of make now is you know kind of dark and brooding not all of it but i i do take a lot of like inspiration um from that but you know saying that that i grew up like my dad playing bass like i listened to a lot of he played a lot of um rock and like blues uh blues rock he loved like buddy guy and uh, muddy waters and bb king and fucking Howlin' Wolf and Stevie Ray Vaughan and uh, uh, Gary Moore. And then my mom, she liked more of the like, uh, you know, like Neil Young and Bonnie Raitt and uh, the, the uh, um, Hall and & Oates and Genesis and like the rock, classic rock, but a, a bit, a bit more like softer, you know? So like, I'm not gonna say like Q92, but she, she liked showing. Yeah, just so that people know that are not from Montreal, Q92 is what I call mom music. I don't know yeah. how else to put it, but it's totally a radio station that targets moms, the not yeah. any other demographic. <clears throat> I mean, she liked some of that stuff, but she definitely was like she hated like Michael Bolton, Kenny G. She don't she only called Michael Bolton Michael Bolthead. So she liked really like good. <laughs> music and i'm sure there, if if she really listened to it there would be some some songs of michael bolton that she did like but for the most part she really liked you know the band i don't know if you know who the band was it was like this ragtag group of musicians from the, the canada and the states and what uh, robbie robertson actually he like lived with uh, martin scorsese for a time and martin scorsese when he was first like up and coming made it and a documentary on them called the last waltz and it's like my mom played that movie like all the time it's like a documentary concert theater like concert and it was called the last waltz because it was their like last um show as like a group together and there was like all these like amazing musicians that were there like bob dylan and um um neil young and uh, neil diamond buffy st marie like it was just like this really good cool theater concert and just like uh, the Eagles, she loved that too. Like so, growing up, I had this whole plethora of music to like listen to, and it, like as a kid, I'm just like hearing it. Da, 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 da. So like when I got into hip hop, and I would hear samples, I'd be like, oh, I know where that's from. This kind of just because I grew up listening to it, or I'd be like, I at least not necessarily know where exactly where it's from, but I was like, oh, I heard that before. So that's kind of really helped me um, already. Yo, that's mad cool. This is why we do this dig back, yo. We never would have learned about your fascination with musical documentaries as a child because your mom put that on blast on repeat simultaneous. Your dad's a bass player? No yeah, shit, he's, your bass he's lines really are good. that good. So my brother's a bass player too. He, he was in a pretty successful punk band. 
Yeah, that's mad. That's yeah. mad nifty. All of this is like this is why we do this is so we can bridge the gap on the knowledge of not just fun stuff, but also like the cool trivia that surrounds you and your world and the influences and inspirations and yes cool man logan i see you hi hi cool man logan um but yeah so basically we started off and now we know that that's going on yo i just gotta ask what's it like was your dad busting out the bass all the time like was that like a cool thing or was it like a lot of just repetitious bass lines that was he, kind of he, annoying he played uh mostly he had this little uh, a little amp and he plugged his headphones into it so he wasn't like playing it loud mm. in the house because we lived in an apartment so he couldn't really do that he did have an amp and sometimes he would like bust it out for the but for the most part when he was he's playing um yeah it's through headphones he had headphones on so and then you just got that like i would like oh i would listen to it like i would i would just hear the pluck like the yeah that's a pleasing sound to me but it's also like not that attractive just by itself with no amp i'll be real <laughs> yeah uh, it wasn't even a book boy it was more just like a bang 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 bang, bang. it's like a very kind of plucky sound anyways nah it's fair i play bass so for me it's like i know exactly what that sound is you're describing it it sounds like absolute ass when you're just plucking it on a, on the bass like it, i'm just saying it's the truth of an electric bass but when you hear it inside when you hear it like with the headphones it sounds proper and it's just it a the, really nice the, bass too um it said it had like on the i forget what the 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 bottom part is called the brit the bridge I don't remember either. And there's the yeah, neck, but it, and then there's the plucky yeah. part. <laughs> yeah, well, it was like right where the, the, the neck. It's just no, like the a bridge. Yeah, maybe. not the neck. The bridge. Anyways, it said it had a thing. that said badass on it. Like, mm. and it was a really nice, like, kind of, um, like, uh, brownish kind of cat, like light, kind of khaki color base brown, like really, really light brown, like yeah all right that's fresh though so let me ask more Anyways. questions about you were, yeah. you were you an aspiring bass player at five or four when you saw this mm, going on no not really i mean i played around with it but other than like listening to music i wouldn't say i was like that musically inclined um were you like one of those making mixtapes off the radio young ones i or? definitely did that I like loved, I just like, I loved music. I would always tape, uh, you know, the, the, like f from as long as I could remember from like when I was like actually listening to the radio and like kind of developing a taste of music for, for, of my own. Um, I'd always tape stuff off the radio for sure. Uh, yeah. All right. Um, so I, I know maybe I should ask it first, but I like to throw it in after I start talking. But where are you from? I'm from Montreal. Uh, grew up in NDG, Notre Dame de Grasse. That's a good uh, part of town. Yeah, the west, the west west side of NDG. Mm, I like, like right right. Trenton Park was oh, my, okay, my backyard. Okay. That was my backyard. Like literally, like I, I my alley went right to there. So it was just like. And that's like a pretty huge, like sprawling park, you know, compared to a lot of parks in, you know, yeah, in NDG. I, I, I don't know. I, I always thought it was a pretty big park. And there was like the, there was like the little kid park and the big kid park. Like I always remember, like, you know, 
don't know if you, I'm sure you're, you might be a bit familiar Yo, with bro, it. Bro, I'm literally Googling which fucking park it is right now because I'm like, I know I should know which fuck. Oh, There's shit, like it's that park. Man. Okay, There's it's the fucking Park Row West one. It's that park. Yeah, park, it's been in between Park Row East and Park Oh, Park I had no West. idea. Okay, that park is lit. You got yeah. to grow up with that park? Bro, mm -hmm. that's lit. No. That, that's like... Hold on. They're in like Loyola Park I would frequent also. But Trenum, that was like, that was my backyard. Like me and all my friends, like other than hanging out on their street. Because I grew up on the street with like a lot of kids. Like there was like... It was like one of those like amazing childhoods where we like played with like fucking 10, 12 kids. Like we play like um, uh, hide and go seek in people's like, like certain people's houses were free, right? So you could like go from different people's houses and like hide there, hide there. So it was just like That's crazy it. like that. Yeah. And then you got Montreal as trick or treating. I don't know. Maybe it was. Like, uh, we didn't go. I didn't, we didn't, didn't go, go that I far. Didn't go, no, I didn't go. A few times I went to, to Hampstead randomly, like, because I had um, cousins through marriage that lived in Hampstead. So we went, like, trick-or-treating there once, and they had, um, uh, like, a contest for, like, who has the best, uh, like, Halloween decorated house. And there was some, like, really fucking, de like, people had, like, movie props, like, in their front yard. It's that, like, big money, like, productions. Yeah, it's serious. I know it was Montreal West. With like a, it was like a, um, a block party every year. But with kids I went to the pool costume. there. I went to Montreal West pool. Straight up. I bet we went swimming together as youth. and it had was no... like you had to, We had to pay a dollar. It wasn't like Benny or like... Nah, but it was worth fat. it. It was nice. It was because it was a better pool. It was just straight, straight up a better pool. And then you had like that little area in the back where you could chill at or whatnot. Like, no, that was my pool. But for that us, was it was like a like venture. We'd bike over to, to Mo West and like, yeah, we're going mm. to the pool. I would, I would like walk over to Hump and then like cut through in the back and whatnot. Anyway, the hump yeah. is a hill. That this is fun. I'm enjoying thinking about fucking the Montreal <laughs> swimming pool. <I'm, laughs> I know. I've, I know. I've walked by it with Bonnie and been like, "That's the pool we used to go to." <laughs> uh, he is born. He is what? You're 36. Is yes. you know, wants to know. It was like 84. I think you said. I'm 87. I did some maths. Yeah, 84. December 84. So. Yeah, that's true. That's fresh though. No, I mean, I mean that like it's a cool time, like you said, with the growing up. I don't, I don't often think a lot about that, but just the dynamic of of having that like collaborative run around shit. Um, I grew up a little bit farther away, but close enough, man. We could go to like Edinburgh Park, like because there was that yeah. little park in the. Edinburgh I went to Square. St Ignatius, mm. which was on Summerland and Coronation, I believe, which is a French school now. And next, it, it, beside it was a French school called uh, Saint Catherine de Sienne. But um, yeah, uh, that was a small school. Like, I think it was like one floor. Like there wasn't like two floors. Like, Shit. Or was there? Yeah, I think it was just like a one floor school. Like, Yo, Did you go to the Strather and Park fucking Canada days? Yes, yes. Straight the fuck because, up. Because my, my, my dad's like first cousin, he's my second cousin, but he's more like an uncle to me, like growing up. I'm still pretty close with him, but they lived uh, in Montreal West. So we would like go there sometimes and then go to the, the Canada day, or we would just go there because Stratham park had, they just had like lit fireworks and there was always like mad, like family events. Yo, and Montreal West is like nonstop. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. So I grew up like going to a lot of those things. My parents would just like bring me to that shit. So just, like, 
That's yeah. fresh though. So were you also like? I feel like growing up was more like like going to events and things like that was like more Montreal West oriented than NDG. Like Montreal West very English too. So it was just like you know, yeah, I, it's like the little the little uh, house on the prairie version of like fucking like Westmount type of thing. You know, it was just like very. Uh, it was more like tight knit. You no, know, it's like it's I, not I as you. like. You know I really I mean? do, cause yo, I grew up like uh, close to the Grow Westminster, so but I'm like, like Protest- the Protestant, uh, like Westmount, cause Westmount's more Jewish, but like Low West is more like Protestant stuff. Nah, but back then it was like really like lower middle class. It was a completely different vibe than it is like now, right? Like so, yes, there was like it was like a low end of it all. So it was like a lower, yeah. whatever. I'm like, I just remember like I went to EBS, right? So for me, that's mm-hmm, the hood. Mm-hmm. That's like seven years yeah, of yeah. that shit. No, I knew kids that went to EBS, and I always hear about it. It's like, oh, EBS. What's EBS? Oh, Elizabeth Valentine. Like, shit's Liddy. I don't know about better or worse, but I knew that it was like it had two floors. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so when you were like really young, were you into like dancings and other kinds of extracurriculars? Dancing? Uh, I did. No, not really. I played a bit of uh, like basketball um i liked i did karate a bit judo um fencing i tried fencing and i was actually like in the montreal games no uh, shit but i got like yeah i don't even know how i ended up in there i guess i was like one of the better students in my because at trenham park they would have um my parents put me in these um, okay because that like, building yeah it's like a sports complex Yo, thing that's, that's like that's where the kids so would shoot do, pellet I, guns. Okay. Well, I played basketball there. I did judo there. I did friggin' uh, the the fencing. It's like none of them, like, I didn't stick to any of those things. Like, I was just like, yeah, I want to do this, da, 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 but I didn't, like, stick to any of them, really. Like, except, like, maybe a bit basketball. Like, I, I like, like, that was the most consistent thing. I kind of played basketball, and I'm not even that good. I just liked the idea. I'm like, yeah, basketball, like. But fencing, I was like, okay. But anyways, I went in the Montreal games and I got the guy like hit me in the shoulder with that fucking uh, the, the the saber or whatever. There was like joust, thrust, parry. Like there's all these like different mood like moves that you say or whatever. And he hit me right in the shoulder. And like when you're done your match, you're supposed to like take off your mask and like shake hands or whatever. But he hit me so hard that I was like, I started like tearing up. I was like, it hurt. Like I was crying. So I didn't want to like take off my mask because I was like embarrassed and shit. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Lindell wants to know what your favorite martial art is. Uh, Kung Fu. I did a bit of Taekwondo and I did a bit of Kung Fu and Judo. And Kung Fu is my favorite of the, I did say we, uh, Wing Chun Kung Fu. Fair enough. But yeah, it's a good fencing story, a vulnerable fencing story. Oh, yeah, I didn't know. Like, yo, I like I always remember that because I was like so embarrassed that I was like, I wasn't like cry, but it hurt. It fucking hurt my shoulder. Like it but got you, me like right. On. But you took it and you stood there, and you still kept that. You took it. That's respect. I don't care oh, what anyone yeah, says. <laughs> I just remember it really hurting and being like, oh. And then I'm like, he he got me good. Like I'm just like, what the fuck am I doing here? Like in the Montreal games for fencing. I was just like, yeah. 
How old are you when that happened? Damn, I don't know, like 9, 10? Fair enough. I, I didn't really realize there was a Montreal Games, to be honest, until you just said it, and I'm thinking about it. There was, know. it was, and because it, it was all of those things, like, because this was something that was like, a, it, we get a pamphlet, and it was for, like, the Mon Montreal. So it was, like, all those um, complexes, like, sports complexes that you see, it throughout Montreal, like the one at, at Trenum, like there's that like big, there's that big statue man in front of yeah. that. That was a sports complex. So it was just like di different days of the week. There was like badminton and judo and basketball and all these like different things and, and, you know, fencing. So my parents would like sign me up for different things. Like over there, like, Oh, you want to do any of these things? I'll be like, yeah, I want to do that. Or that, or that. So then I guess they get the best of all of those uh, kids together, and that—that's who competes in the Montreal Games. Yeah, that's crazy. Did anybody all ever go to the Montreal Games? I'm just asking, just in case, whatever. Y'all can answer whenever. But before we move on past little Vincent, I like that little Vincent. Um, <coughs> did you get into Vincent. drawing or whatnot when you were young? Drawing, yeah, I used to draw a lot. That's dope. Yeah, I liked—I like drawing. I think that was like one of my first like things I really liked. I wasn't like that good at it, but I just liked drawing and like the idea of it. And um, my godfather, who's from the States, actually is actually not a famous drawer, but he's he he used to work for Marvel. Okay. And he drew like uh, Alf, the Alf comic book. And at one point he was he did Spy vs. Spy uh and he he did the the sonic comic book and um the continuation of um what's it called sabrina the teenage witch at one point he did that and he has his own like uh online comic that um he developed called cyrano the burger rat and it was like this i guess crime fighting um rat that flipped burgers also so instead of cyrano de bergerac it was cyrano de burger rat I like that. Uh, but yeah, Dave Manick, he was, uh, I don't have any contact with him anymore, but I've like looked him up online and um, yeah, I still have like a bunch of uh, artwork that he said, like he would do, like we would ask him to, to, to draw, they, like me and my brother. Uh, he So he drew us like custom personalized uh, Spy vs. Spy uh, and like Sonic the Hedgehog like drawings because it's just like, legit he was like a cartoonist you know he's like he worked for matt he worked for marvel in the 80s and stuff so um he sent me a bunch of like um how-to drawing books and stuff and i would like trace things and like mm. uh, yeah so that was like in elementary school i really like drawing no i appreciate that what's up dozy i'm just seeing who's popping in and saying hi that's fresh though i really like you have a lot of talent in your family that really I can see yeah, I I guess to push yeah. you off the jump. Yeah. Like not that we spent a lot of time and we were still like under 10 years old. That's, that's definitely a pretty cool childhood. That's all I gotta say. Like, yo, as you got to be involved in community as well, right off the jump and see the impact of it, which is it's just really like, like honestly encouraging, you know, like, Yo, my shit was nice. There was like cool shit in NDG. I'm like, that's blessed. There's cool yeah, shit. Yeah, there was. Yeah, you know, certain, yeah, before, you know, it yeah. was all like fine and dandy and cool. You know? 
I totally got into drugs. Yeah, what's up, dudes? God. Um, all right, so let's move on to the next little <coughs> phase of this, uh, which would be a little bit more about your own personal musical identity, which mm -hmm. I find is usually around the adolescent ages is when we kind of like attach ourselves to like a particular sound or a particular thing that you hear and you go, nah, nah, nah. like that's my shit. Like I remember I was 12 and I was in grade six and I heard the Thon song. And that was it. It was over. I gave a fuck about music in a whole new way. That I and it, it was half the Thorn songs content, but it was also the songs lit. I don't care what anyone says. Backstreet Boys, all that unlocked the doors yeah, for me. Yeah. So I don't know if you remember like the beginnings of your own personal preferences and what do, like the yeah. original songs was. I do. Um, more like the when I like really like like thought about it and went back. Like there's. Like, like maybe one or two kind of like titular, like point. And one of them was, I was uh, camping, and I met this kid from Vermont, and his name was Mac. And he said, "I'm from the ghettos of Vermont." He was this like little like white trash fucking kid with like a rat tail mullet, and he had a tape, and I had like a tape player, I think, and. I don't even remember what I was listening to, but like on one side, it was like another tape from a friend that had like Beastie Boys and like something else, but he had a tape and it had fucking Snoop Dogg on it. And he played me Snoop Dogg. I don't even remember what song it was. And, and it was just like, but I just, he was just like, yeah, man. He's like, this is what we listen to in the ghettos of Vermont. And he like, he played me that shit. And I was just like, yo, what the fuck is that? And it was like, but I know it was Snoop Dogg. So I was like, I was like nine years old. So like hearing that, it was it was it was from his first album, obviously, it, it, you know. Um, Doggy style. It's from Doggy style. And so nine nine years old, like how is it like that? It was like probably like like ninety three or something, or probably like that year that the, the shit came out. But I just remember hearing that and being blown away. Like, what the fuck is this? And this like little like dirty white kid on a BMX bike. Like Man, I'm just like, did he just go like, yo, the ghettos in Vermont be bumping this? And yeah, that's, that's what he said. Real... I just remember this kid named Mac, like this like dirty little fucking dirt kid. Everything about that story was wonderful. Also down to like the Snoop Dogg. That's a wild start. So I guess Snoop Dogg caught your attention, and it was like game on. Yeah, and the Beastie Boys, and I think it was like it was like something for it was like check your head. So mm. It was like something from from that because I, I was I was camping with like another family of this this um a, fr a childhood friend of mine um were born like a week apart and my mom and uh, his mom were were like friends they like worked together um and we would we would go camp like camping together sometimes and and his older he had two older sisters. So yeah, like, and they had a tape and there was like Beastie Boys on it. I just remember like Beastie, like them saying, yeah, it's the Beastie Boys. And I was just like, oh, that's a cool ass name. You know, just like, but yeah. I love it. So yeah, Snoop Dogg and the Beastie Boys. So, so that gets you invigorated and how does, and so outside of the radio, do you have other plugs to getting new music or are you at this No, time? not really. I don't even, I'm trying to think like where, where else they listen. Like other than that, it was like me and my friend, uh, like when I was around 10 or 11, this, this, this kid that lived down the street from me, Danny Burns, 
shout out Danny Burns and this and my other friend Carlos who had just uh, immigrated from uh, Mexico and his like parents like got here and at first they were like living at the, the the YMCA and then there was like a friend of mine that lived down the street from me John Keane and his his dad was Irish and his mom was like Mexican and he like put up this like they lived in his basement for like a few months till they like found a house that was just like up up the block and they lived they eventually lived there but um he had an older brother and um he put me onto a lot of like hip-hop and shit too but me and this kid danny burns we like loved and like at that time we started going to dances and stuff so we just hear like music at the oh my dances. gosh i remember the dances ndg had a lit dance yeah. system there was like a dance at the at the the it wasn't because I went to St. Ignatius and it was the school next door where it uh, Monica's? St. Catherine de, no, it was St. Catherine de Sienne. And it was also where I went to day camp, the Loyola day camp. Uh, and, but they, in, in, at school, during the school year, like they had a Halloween dance and probably like a Christmas dance. I just remember specifically the Halloween dance. And I don't know, it was like 92. So they played like fucking jump around and then like probably Nirvana. It was like a whole mix of music. It was like grunge and like, rap and Shit, you know man. like not hardcore rap and like dance music like so i like dance music a lot too when like i was a kid in the early 90s but more and more and more na, 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 na. and the out there brothers and like fucking uh, wigfield and like all this corny like 90s uh, cnc music factory and... i'm sorry but i don't know if i would call a lot of this corny I think it's all okay. Wonderful. It's not corny. It's it's I mean, actually pretty like good dance music. We're all uh, vibing to it now. But, it was just corny then. <laughs> but yeah, so that yeah, dance dance music and rap. That was like the shit that I like. I guess no, I gravitated I it, a bit more to dance because <laughs> I remember the dance songs that I did like were always the more like darker kind of stuff. Like I like to move it, move it. I, I like to move it. That shit's that shit's too lit, my guy. I'm sorry, but like it's litty as fuck. I'm glad we're talking about this. I also forgot about those dances because I remember like a little bit later on going to like Valentine's dances at that very school because that would be the shit. Like everybody in the neighborhood would like link up there. It wasn't like a school thing. It was just you went and you spent your ten bucks or whatever it was and you went to the dance. No, it wasn't even ten dollars. It was. I, I don't even know. I don't know if, even it know if you paid to, to. No, because we were little kids, so like I don't know. Maybe I was like twelve. Our parents paid or whatever, but <laughs> yeah. But like, yeah. So but yeah, those those dances. So that's. Fresh, and I remember though. seeing like this kid. He had it was an older kid, and he had a mob deep shirt on, and I was like, "Yo, what's that?" And he had those like, and now they make them. It was like a bootleg mob deep shirt, but it was like the face from Infamous, and then it said like mob mob deep and it was just like it was like the coolest shirt like i ever saw and i was like whoa that and cross colors was really big at that time and everyone had the fucking the hat with the malcolm x and like, you know like nobody talks about the fashion that's wicked stills so you were like no, i remember on. that kind of the like exhaust like i wouldn't say i was like fashionable when i was a kid but i was like i like understood i remember like the first thing i bought with like my own money like of clothing was like this nike baseball like uh jersey and i remember like being really upset because like i put it in the, the laundry 
and it like my mom bleached it because it was white but it like fucked up the sides of it and i was like Ooh. and i think it like shrunk too so it like stopped like fitting me but i remember it was like 30 dollars. i bought it at eaton's at the fucking uh, cavendish mall and i was like so excited and i was like yeah i bought this shirt everything about this is so relatable i love this this is so good vince i'm enjoying this man the comments is fucking constant the comments hasn't been constant like that in a fucking minute man that's fucking fresh so like all right so you busting uh some dance moves up at the dance so you do anything there uh you're you're a drawer but you're not like a super drawer when do you like start to like go a little bit further with it also like when, what high school do you go to i went to marymount that's fresh so is it in marymount that you discover a love for the rapidy raps and all this yeah like definitely. for real real um because you're in a pre-internet right or do you have the net and all this at this point uh well it was again <clears throat> it goes back to my friend carlos he first had the internet um and we got into all sorts of like you know internet troubles and sites and you know internet porn and like but he got uh probably when i was like 14 or 15 he got cool at it and the like one of the first versions of like fruity loops so i would like start making beats at his house and and yeah he had the cool edit and then we so i and then uh, i was how, okay, hold like, how do you get to this point where you're just like i started making okay but a little bit more. Okay. How do you like get to this point where you're like, I'm gonna make beats? <clears throat> I guess because he downloaded this program, Fruity Loops. He's like, yo, we can make beats with it. Like, I don't know where he heard about it or found out about it. He was always more like internet side. I didn't even have a fucking computer till I was like six, six, seventeen or eighteen or something. So this is like we're probably like fourteen at this time, and um, he had had a computer earlier than that, and we were just like. We used to like go on, he had this like one, he just always, he like knew where to get the games. Like he would use like Juarez and like all this. He like knew how to like navigate around the internet. It was pretty like cool. Like from a young age, like getting like the fucking Pamela Anderson playboy pictures and stuff like that. And like he would sell it to like the kids at school for like 10 bucks a pot. Like, so he was just like- That's a hustle. You know? but yeah, we like he, he always had like, and the internet we'd like you like you'd have for, on the AOL the AOL like discs like you'd you like use those discs, and we would like steal them from the houses, and then like just keep reusing like different discs. That's amazing. Actually, we used but, to yeah. get them like they used to give them a heavy though, like cereal box yeah. type level heavy. No, but still, that's fresh as fuck. So basically, y'all end up with Fruity Loops back when it was like still called Fruity yeah, Loops. Yeah, Fruity Loops, Cool Edit, and like some other pro, but it was mostly like cool, like that. And then Cool Edit, we you could like, you could make beats in Cool Edit because I know people that did. I never did that, but I know it was like you could. Uh, yeah, just like edit sound. So I know st people that still use Cool Edit, but we used it to like sample something. And I remember the f one of the first things I ever said, or the first thing I sampled was Isaac Hayes' Shaft. So here's what we're going to do now. You're going to have to remember that you're moving on in your head. Like everybody understands beat making shit from this point on. 
I'm going to go ahead and say, nah, my guy, walk us through this with more explicit detail. How do you go from the womp, 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 womp to bless ass beat? Well, it wasn't that at first. It was not because I didn't even understand. <laughs> Peter um, West is like, I still use cool edit. <laughs> I didn't even understand the like, because it's in free loops, it's step sequencing, right? So you have like the 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 eight the the four bars or whatever and there's like 16 little like switches so it's just like one and then you leave one blank and then another one you put something in that so that's two kicks of a snare like put put and then you fix the the tempo and depending how fast you want it to go and then usually in free loops they have the uh, you know the template which is like the kick drum uh, kick snare hi-hat clap or whatever it's, it's usually that so this is like fruity loops fucking like you know well, one or two i don't even called remember fruity what loops back then it was called fruity loops it was still called fruity <laughs> loops um so i can and i, I can picture I, I didn't even really like use it at first it was mostly him and he would make these like weird kind of just like oh place it anywhere and it would kind of sound weird and he was like yeah i made a timbaland like beat or missy elliott timbaland beat and it would just sound like craziness and then like i guess slow and then slowly started to like figure it out like i would just sit there at his place and like do it because i didn't even have a computer at this point so it wasn't until like a few years later that i actually got my own computer and then then i don't even remember how i like got fruit loops i think it was like from some friends that i was hanging out with like at that because that was fuck i was like 14 how old was i what year was that 2000 or something hmm. around like so i'm hearing that vince you are the like via influence you influence rokes and rokes influence peter west so voila two people i fuck with today i don't know if i influence rokes because rokes was like making beats around like the same like because our mutual friend uh, Kane introduced us, and I think Rokes was already making beats, and he was already dope. So it was like, but he he was always more uh, fucking uh, South influenced, and he influenced me to like make like South style beats because I just made these like kind of like you know. And this is all like back then, or is that later on? That was later. That was a bit later on. All right. So I don't know. I'm just I'm having fun with this. I like it when the chat's like fucking moving and people's all engaged with it. It makes me feel more elated as a performer. So um, so thank you all, by the way. And sorry, I guess where I was going with that, but I forgot. But yo, um, the chat. So you're Should basically a teenager, and you making beats. You're clearly in in love with the hip hops at this point. But were you also yeah. like interested in being a rapper as well, or were you? Yeah, were you I know raps. So I still have like a bunch of my shit that i wrote in high school like these really like cringy because i really liked a lot of um because then when i first started getting into to to like rap on my own like i would go to hmv all the time buy cds like i would save up my allowance or, or cavendish, go mall. To, um, cavendish mall music world tapes but when i started buying like cds uh, actually probably my first cds were from uh music world but they were like 30 dollars like for like just a cd and then HMV always had like they had more selection and they had, you know, they had the deals or whatever. Which like, HMV? The, like the Crest? The, the one appeal, the big yeah, one. one. The, um, actually, 
yeah when i was like 16 i got caught shoplifting there yeah it's way dude it's way cooler than my i got caught shoplifting at 16 story i'm telling you that i had to go Um, to a math exam and i stole a calculator and i got busted (laughs) not cool at least you got caught doing something cool I mean, it's not that. I almost stealing. got away too. For the it's guy, the, the 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 like, the security guy manager. He was like, "You almost got." I was like halfway crossing the street, till and he like grabbed me and like pulled me. Out. I was like, "Oh, sixteen-year-old mm. like little shithead." Man, everybody was a sixteen-year-old shithead though. So that's an okay thing. It's not like you were doing anything drastic. You're just jacking a couple albums from a company that wasn't gonna make it. No, but I, I, I shopped there like that was like I bought stuff there like all the time. I spent like a lot of money, and it was like this one CD was like thirty dollars. I'm like, I'm not paying fucking thirty dollars for that, and I'm just like, I'm gonna take it. And I like, I, I was, I think, what gave me away is because I was there for like an hour and a half like kind of deliberating and then i like went to an area where there was like no cameras and i like shoved it into my like cd case with my like cd player in it it was like th- there yeah, was like the stairs the that was, everything that was like halfway between like upstairs was like world music and like all this like boring shit and <laughs> like fucked. so halfway between there there was no like cameras so i was just like boom i shoved it in there and i took the the plastic off because it had the like the the, the, the little magnetic stripper and i like shoved it behind some other cds because when i got out the guy's like where did you put that he's like where did you hide that because i you, you you walked into the store without the thing or whatever and i like walked him over and like oh it's you Anyways. dude that's fine so, so the cd was psychopathic riders it was fucking is that, uh, is that the fucking insane class icp yeah icp They're fucking gangster shit yeah, exactly. It was like oh them rapping God. over like West Coast. Uh, Dude, beats. that shit's worth like that shit's like a fucking gem that you can't even find on YouTube. That type shit. shit. That's right, why I was like, yo, I'm not paying thirty dollars for that. But it was just like you couldn't find it anywhere else except online, and it was like, you know, twenty dollars American, and like back then, like our dollar was like way like uh, shittier than it is now. <laughs> that's hilarious so that's the like cd i wanted to steal and i, I almost got away with it and then i had to go nah. to like, this like, bath shaw like thing and i had to write this like 10 page essay on like why i did it and then go and like present it to the the manager and the guy just like looked at it and he's like, he, like put it in the drawer or something probably never fucking read it I once had to go spend a week at the YMCA because I got in trouble at school and it was like rehabilitation YMCA activity time. Oh, wow. <laughs> Everybody, I think, did some shit in high school is all I'm saying. It's all good. Well, I never I never got, you know, I never stole again. Or at least I never got caught. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know if I stole. No, I stole a whole bunch. I, I like shit. Yeah, we used to like rob the fucking the super clip video trying to work that because like we were the employees. I think we found out that collectively we jacked something like eight grand in like junk food. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, no wonder they shut our store down <laughs> in hindsight. But, um, so like you got into the beats kind of then, and then he was also busting the raps. Were you like a freestyler? Were you showing people? Were you like ingratiated no, into that? that? I just, I would just write my my own things and i was like i guess at that time i was like because like cypress hill uh 
I guess Wu Tang delinquent habits, uh, psycho realm. That was like what I really like, kind of like, like listened to a lot. And then Napster was fresh at that time. So like there was like the guy Benefit, remember him? He had those like Mario Brothers songs and he had these like really like nerdy like rap songs. Um, you're a bit older than me, so it's entirely possible that your access to music and trajectory at this point is mad different than mine. I was more on that pop sphere at Wager. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, like Wu-Tang, Method Man, like um, House of Pain. I listened to a lot of that. I like that. So like a lot of soul assassins, like uh, DJ Muggs has always been like a huge influence to me. And just like, and he still is. Cause he's just like, he's still releasing amazing music, but him, RZA, Alchemist, those are like my top three. So yeah, when you were like 13, 14, digging through crates, doing your shit, was you like busting out the grimy grimies off the jump or were you like making all No, cause of- I didn't, I didn't really get into like really like making uh beat. I was like, probably my, my, my last year of high school. So I was like, probably like 17, 16, 17. Okay, and then okay. that's when I started, like, I would like sample like me, like, cause I was really into movies too. Like I would like, from like a young age, I really loved movies and I would like fake sick to like stay home <laughs> and then go and like bring like my mom's like beer balls back and like get the the change for it to go like rent a movie at the the fucking depth like a few blocks away and i would just like hang out at the video store so like movies was actually like my first love and like that drive so that movies and music have always been like a huge like my music has always been influenced by movies like i sample a lot from movies and it's like soundtracks and so like you was basically also desiring to make movies back in the day like was yeah that like i've like s- written some like scripts and stuff like i, I still do want to make a movie like i'm like i love movies as much as i love music so if, t- to me the two have always kind of just uh you know influenced each other but to, to me like the music became more like attainable because i'm just like oh you know, I haven't made a, a movie yet, but like people know me from, from my music or whatever, you know? So are you like just like linking up with people in high school or are you just kind of cruising high school until the end and then your story starts to pick up after that? Uh, well, like I went to high school with a few uh, notable rappers, uh, Frost. Okay. Who used to go by Jamani or that's his real Jamani. His real name Jamani, but J Money. And uh, I blast. I went to school with with him, and so like I start. I would hang out with them, and uh, you know, they knew a bunch of dope rapper like Street, and like I didn't. Uh, I blast like new Logics then, but I didn't meet Logics till like a few years later. Urban Logics. Yeah, I know Logics. Yeah. Um, so yeah i linked up with with them and they were like rapping a lot and there was like this other dude i didn't know about uh Kalik, 
Coleco, he was making beats too at that time. And they were, they were called like, they were like the basement raps. Like they would like rap in his basement and record and stuff like that. But like at my crib, like people would come over and like record at my house, but I just had like a shitty like computer mic Hold and we just so like, output. you were like a high school studio for like people who would go on to like dominate the city later on. Kind of, but like, I mean, you can diminish that as much as you I, want. They, ne- they never really recorded at my house. That was like later, the peso and like jungle. They would like okay. be dudes I knew from DG. They would come by and like rap. So shout out Duska for a follow. Also, if you're down, Duska's the guest on Wednesday. So there you go, everyone. Yeah, shout and out shout out Golden Coast, who's here. Who's the guest on Friday? <laughs> Look at that, everybody. Fire beats. <clears throat> Yo, big fire beats and all the love. Shout out Dozy, who lives in the hood. I don't know. Dozy's fucking cool. One of my first shows, had he was involved in that when I got into the game. So big respects to him. Um, but yeah, back to you. Um, so you're basically in this position. You make beats. You go to school with some notable rappers, which I guess introduces you to the whole idea of a Montreal rap scene. Yeah, well, it wasn't even that. It was just like them, like Frisa and this guy Stack Lucci. He was he. I went to high school with him, like, because huh. they they had all gotten kicked out of other schools and then came to Marymount. And I was like fucking around. Be- my beat. They weren't even beats. They were like loops. They were like pretty. Some of them were like pretty good. Like they were good ideas. Like thinking back, I wish I still had the CDs of those beat. Like they're long gone and like that computer's fucking gone. So like. I'll never get those beats like ever again. But there were some like cool ideas. I remember like sampling um, fucking uh, Full Metal Jacket and like some other stuff. I like sampled the like the Beatles and like a few other things. So I had some like pretty like cool like interesting beats on there. How do you? I remember like skipping school one day. Sample like Like, at a logistical. Let's say I wanted to sample a thing. And some somebody were to say hold and go sample something like I could probably do some bullshit bad sampling job, but like how do you actually sample something? It's something I never asked anybody. But you're an ill sampler, and so you literally know how to do it. Well, I mean, it depends what you're using. <coughs> if you're using an MPC, you could put it right into the. the What's an MPC? It's a Ikai MPC Musical Production Center. They have that. That was like one of the first, not one of the first, but it was like one of the first, like really well known. There was, there's been a, a bunch of other uh, sampler workstations um, be- before that. Like, uh, but the MPC is kind of like a, a standard in like hip hop and there, or the ASR 10, the Esonic ASR 10. That was di- different because it had like a whole keyboard. And the sample rate, like you could just sample a lot more, but then there's the SP12. That was a fucking, like a lot of amazing uh, producers used that. RZA used that back so in what the is day. RZA like, used like a bunch of different things. But so anyways, just that, like that's... Look for the part you want to grab and then just cut yeah, it? Yeah, well, okay. Like how I've always made beats was with computers. Like that's how I started making beats. Yeah, I've I've worked onto like hardware. I've made beats on like uh, you know drum machines, NPCs. I had like an NPC five hundred, but I mostly just do stuff on on DAWs, digital audio workstation, uh, Fruity Loops. That's like but I you know I've tried Cubase and Ableton and 
cool edit and machined how I, there's fucking numerous different you know digital uh, beat making things you can this one's now. reaper everyone <clears throat> reaper i just had to open so i flashed it on top of you for a second that's reaper <laughs> anyway that's the one i use but uh it's it's just that yeah so those would i know that records the audio right so i get that you part. could yeah well you could record it directly into it but you have like a sample time like so now it's probably whatever you can there's probably like you can probably record as much as you want but back then it was way more limited so like what they would do is just they would like speed it up so they could get more time and then slow it back down so you could have like a longer so like you have like a like a two three second sample rate like you can only record for like two or three seconds or whatever so they would like speed it up so they could record more and then slow it down so they'd have more to like chop that that was like the, the more limiting uh, like beat machines back in the day but then with cool edit or the, what i was what i used or what i used before and use sometimes uh, soundforge um i think it was made by foundry now it's owned by sony but before it was like sonic foundry and right. i think they sold it to, to sony but uh, yeah, SoundForge is what I use to like chop up my sample. So you basically like drag in your MP3 or Wave or FLAC, whatever. And then you listen to a part and you're like, oh, you hear that. And then you chop the part out that you want. It should be, you know, uh, make musical sense, like be on a, like a time signature of, you know, you're going to want to have at least like one, two, or like a one, two, three, four, ideally. And then you chop that and then you build your beat around it. Your drums put it over, you put like a break over it or. Mm. <clears throat> Fair I don't enough. Know if that explains it. <laughs> nah, it's dope still. Everybody cares about this stuff. For you, it might be like, whatever. Nobody really wants to, I don't know how you feel about it. But for me, <clears throat> it's like, yo, so you take a part of the beat and then you put in the fucking file thing and then you find it and you use the magic of the computers to make it sound bless. But no, I mean, I'm, I, your, your version was more eloquent. I did follow that. <clears throat> I guess it was more like the idea of sampling software. Cause like to me, I would do some bootleg shit, like load it up into my like DAW and then find my like four seconds I want and then cut, cut. And then I would do something with that and i don't really know how good or bad it would be but it would probably not be the best well that's pretty much it but it's just like it's like after a while you get to like you'll you'll like see like a wave file and then you're like all right it starts there and then oh it ends there like the part that you want it to yeah chop. I know. so it's just like I, after a while it kind of just like it 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 just becomes you're like oh yeah i know if it's from there to there that's like what you know, you can kind of like gauge how how much you know uh, you want to take out. And then, do you put a lot of effects and shit to like fuck up the sample, or do you like leave your samples kind of naked uh, for the most can, part? You know, you can fuck with the the. I like to fuck with the tone a lot. Drop the tone, like make it sound uh, lower the pitch. Um, and then like in Fruity Loops, there's a thing when you're time stretching it, like you can time stretch it and then you can, there's like resample or tonal 
I usually do it to tonal and it will like kind of, it regulates it to sound what it will, uh, what it's supposed to sound like, but at the, the slower rate. So right. it like recalibrates the, the sound. So it doesn't sound like ultra slow. Like it sounds kind of like pitch to where it should be, but it's slower. Ah, that's fresh. Uh, no, I'm, I'm following all of this. I don't know if y'all were following all of that part. Sometimes I don't know how detailed we need to go. But it basically is using the magic of the computers to make the sample sound proper with, like, magic. That's basically what's happening. Yeah, and then I'll usually, I like, I put a, a phaser on it. And there's, like, um, I mean, there's different, like, uh, you know, effects. I actually don't phaser. know what the fuck a phaser is. <clears throat> it just kind of gives it that, like warbly kind of sound but i'll use like the uh, the 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 moog preset in it so it, it's like it's very like slight like detuned like i'm gonna get like it just gives it this like little warbly very like vague with kind of warbly sound in it that's mad french man i'm uh, not my french fresh i meant to say fresh i don't know why i said french. it's very french no nah, i like this though this is cool i enjoy like hearing your creative process i i really as much as i love talking to the mcs <clears throat> it is the griselda sound you do make the griselda sound that's fresh but you like you obviously did it before that's, one, that's one thing i do i like i like to say i'm versatile like that's like i don't like oh i make that like my sound's grimy yeah but like I can make a trap banger. I can make like a Wu Tang Griselda banger. You do not have to tell me about your skills. I can make a fucking music. dance banger for you. Bruh. That's, yo, you don't even know I everybody. I fucked with like reggaeton. I, could, I can do some house shit. Yo, like, I have all faith but, in your versatility. I sit there and listen to your beats like every fucking week, man. And it's always like this crazy, like, yo, that's Vince too? That's like, uh, I would argue anybody that's ever listened to like a whole lot of your shit in a row inevitably hits that. That's you at some point or another, but it's always you and it's fucking great. However, I absolutely 100% do think you got a lock on that fucking Griselda sound and it's very appealing. It is very appealing. You want to call it that, but I mean, I just like, that's, I know it's not, like, but like, it's like, just you modern know, branding. East coast, like, you could argue sound, it's like the Wu-Tang sound. Yeah, or, you know, Mob Deep, or... I would lean more towards the RZA. Okay, well, like... yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I, for the, the longest time, RZA was, like, my favorite producer, um, you know. Sadly, he's kind of taken a backseat to beat making, whereas, like, Muggs and, like, Alchemist have only gotten better, and RZA is, like, I don't think there's, like... And... Man, still, like, some of his best beats are, like, the best beat, like, that I've ever heard that, like, and I'll say they're, like, better than than Alchemist and, and Muggs beats at times. Um, and, like, but the shit that he's, like, the last shit I heard from him, I was just, like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, he almost became too much of a, like, uh, musician. Like, he, he tried to get, like, too like intricate with it and be like like because he wanted to be like a conductor like a composer like he got too technical with it and just like it lost that like rizza edge or whatever yeah Hold on. i gotta no worries
Can we take like a, like a two minute Don't break? worry, we'll go play <laughs> some Vince Price music while we're making this happen. And when you're back, we'll do it. Welcome back. Um, Welcome. I remember what we were saying beforehand, but I still think this is a pleasing conversation. We were talking about... Oh yeah, just the, it's just more the Griselda sound is more of like a pop way to describe yeah, the situation. Yeah, no, yeah, it's obviously not like an in they innovated it. They more like revived something to no, a but pop sphere. Yeah, that's it. And then, and they're working with um all the people that I like like or that I've like you know. It's a, it's just a, it's a more stripped down sound. Like but a, it's kind of nothing nothing that they those guys like Rizza and, and Mugs and alchemist to you know an extent didn't do already but they just like kind of stripped it down like made this buffalo version or like grimy over grimier version but it's just like it's not only them like it was just like you know rock marciano kind of started that wave and hus kingpin and and those guys and then you know big facts but at the end of the day when it all comes and says is done griselda popularized it again in a way yeah, that was crazy. not done i say that like griselda was big for me man like i got into them heavy like i'm a, on my twitter for behind that suit i have rhyme sayers and griselda oh, it's like i love those it are and the two I'm favorites to me right now and you know i have the, but, the beat butcher sound packs and i swear <laughs> i don't listen to their songs twice but they put out so much music i can listen to them all once and it's just fucking beautiful the exception of plugs i met by benny because that album is just the masterpiece there's um, a few mixtapes that i'll like i go through of theirs or mixtapes albums you know just to be real yeah i don't re-listen to a lot of music with my life but they're really like fucking blessed um nah so to me it's like to say that like you're like that guy that to me is just high praise um and it's not like that but all the people you mentioned are like legacy things like even straight up when i met vince he's like yo you got to check out this mugs <laughs> and then we watched the mugs and flea lord shit like you fucking real with it all right so let's go back to like high school because right. we can get onto this forever but we still have like this whole fucking like journey that you went on past high school when you actually start getting into your shit so uh, i assume you said somewhere at the end of marymount you really got into beat making so uh yeah so i guess we can yeah, I, that yeah I started i guess like when i was like 18 19 i started taking it a bit more serious and i was like oh you know i i'm actually kind of good at this like i uh i guess I, yeah i just fucked around with it more and then i'm trying to like man sometimes like thinking back on your life you're trying to like uh remember like years or like what what you were doing like because i was like i remember the phases but i'm just like when what like when was that exactly like what year was that um just trying to like piece everything together i mean you can always just tell it in the not super linear fashion of just what happened and we can just piece it together as we go yeah because there was like a while i wasn't even like working with rappers or whatever i was just making beats i was just i just like doing it you know and i was always like oh i want to hook up a rap and there was like a few people like i i like linked up with in in, in my neighborhood other than like the, the, the eye blast or whatever it was like peso like i knew him, like this guy became peso um because it was like at that time it was i was really just like 
like mad stonerish, like watching like a lot of movies with like my homie uh, Khalil, and we were like trying to like write movies and like it's like yeah, I was making making beats, but I was like really into like movies. Like I wanted to be like a like a filmmaker more at that time. Right. Um. Because I was like obsessed with like Tarantino and like Robert Rodriguez, these guys who like made their own movies and like there was just this, this whole like kind of changing. Um you know, atmosphere of like independent filmmakers in the, in the like early to late nineties. No, fair enough. I mean, uh, you can totally talk about the movie passion too. It's a huge part of your life and like all of it. So like, it's just part of the Vince Price story to me. And if you were, if you were burning doobies and, and watching movies, that's a very relatable part of my story too. But I was still that. like making, yeah, I was still making beat like, so then, um, it was probably around like 2005 that, uh, I linked back up with, uh, this, this dude I'd met like a few times, Max from NDG Coma. He's a, a graph writer and he knew like C's rock and logics and they were putting together this um this project because i had like i'd been talking to him on like msn and like sending him like some beats that i did who are you talking and, about msn uh, coma this okay. new coma and he went to school with c's rock right, right, right. i just and, yeah, okay and uh then like I I like linked up with that like I sent him some beats and he was like yo I'm gonna send these beats to my friend C's and then C's liked them and then we ended I ended up uh, going to this dude's house in Vio he lived near Vio and there was this dude named Matt and he didn't even have a producer name and his older brother like made beats too and we would record at his his house we recorded this this project called like Winter Wars Volume One and Two. And it had like C's Rock, Urban Logics, and Johnny Hostile, like all these. It was like a two CD project of all these like up and coming rappers from like Uptown and and uh, NDG. And it's still like a pretty classic. Like it's still like really like good. There's like some good songs that are like I'll go back and oh yeah, Lost One. That's how I. Learned. You have all this music. I do. I have it like on my computer. Like I have. I do. I have it. <laughs> yeah, that's nifty. Um, we're gonna we're gonna talk about that after. Um, so, you, so yeah, that's like one night. Like I really like so you, started taking it a bit more serious. I'm like, oh, so you yeah, ended up okay. making like, beats on that project, is what I understand. I made a few and I rapped on it. I have like a song you or two. Rapped I have, like, on two it too. Song. Yeah, are I have you, like a few songs. Are you are you Vincent Price back then? Or I was some... technician. Okay. Technician. That's yo. He. I don't he know if you can see. I can see that you got it tatted on you for real. Oh yeah, that's because yeah, man, that was that was my name that I came up with in high school, technician. Because like to me, it was like the lab is where you record your music, and I was like the lab technician. You know, like that was my reasoning behind that name. Yeah, I don't hate it <laughs> so at all. Mad mad people know me as tech. Like they still call it, like all. Like logic sees like all these people like they still just call they call me tech like they know me as tech. Interesting. That's good to know because I bet people might even talked about you in like other stories and I had no idea that you were the tech they were speaking of. If that came up, I don't know. But now Possibly, I'm gonna be yeah. listening for it because I know Logic's pretty well at this point and Logic's is 
If you've ever known Logics, now known as Don Lennon, that guy can start off a story of an answer of like, how is your day? And 90 minutes goes by with a whole history lesson on Montreal in the middle. Yeah. And that's just 90 minutes. And he eats like a little meal in the middle and shit. And it's like a whole experience. All love though. Cause... Could definitely attest to that, yeah. But that's just really what it is. So he might have just dropped your name like seven times and I had no fucking idea. <laughs> yeah. He's like, yo, tech. Yeah. But yeah, because I was tech for like a lot of years. I was the technician, the technician, because I was like, you know, it was the RZA, the alchemist. So I was like, I have to put the the, makes it official, you know. Um. So you basically linked up with them. You sent them some beats. It lit the bug on your ass, and you started impacting Montreal hip hop history pretty early on. I mean, for, I guess from like two thousand five onward. I mean, if the Anglo side of the scene starts in like the 90s, we'll say 2005 yeah. would be like what one third of its existence. I would argue. And years later, it would say early on is an apt description of your impact on shit. That's big respect, Mr. Vince Price. Mm -hmm. um, so you basically contributed to the projects, and then what happens? Um, we did like a big show at Focaccia, which was like a resto bar lounge on, was it near McGill kind of? And you're also an and, MC at this point. <clears throat> yeah. Did I rap at that show? I don't know if I rapped at that show. Cause I wasn't that like confident in my rapping. Like I, I rapped a bit, but I wasn't like, I was like, yeah, I want to be more of like a, producer like i just i wanted to make beats and i like kind of rapped on the side because even though like i started rapping before i started making beats but like making beats to me was always easier than being like yeah i'm gonna be a rapper like fair enough so you guys go to the show and and there was you a got lot to go to the show is just part of the squad yeah and there was a lot of people there it was like a crazy show because it was like everyone that was on the mixtape was there performing at the show and it was like me this other kid this other matt that's how i i, I linked up with uh, uh maps who's like the co-founder co of like a mook life and um that was like a whole nother movement like in in montreal hip-hop scene that i was like part of it was like music and graph scene and yeah i think Nobody fucking knows what that means. And I'm mad curious about what that means. What? Mook life. Mook life? My guy, you know what I'm trying to do with my bigger picture. Of course I want yeah, to yeah. hear more about the Mook life. I don't know what it is. I know there's a Demook going around. Is the Demook related to Mook life? No, I, Mook, Demook has nothing to do with Mook life. I mean... Because Mook is just like, it's a, it's, it's a term. It's just like, yeah, this guy, he's a fucking Mook. Is it's it really? Like, I had no fucking idea. <laughs> What what, what does the word sound? I, no, but what does it sound like to you, Mook? You're a fucking Mook. This guy is a fucking Mook. I guess it, when it, you I say it like that, okay, yes. It, it was like in in um, Mean Streets, the Martin Scorsese movie, and this guy he's a Mook. He's like, what the fuck you mean a Mook? And they get into a big fight about it or whatever. But a Mook is just like it's a, you know, a fucking. 
I mean, I, I get it at this point from the context that you've given, but like, I literally just never thought about it before. Okay, so what's this MOOC life thing? I mean, it started off as, as like my, my homies like that did graph that I linked up with through like the people that I know from like St. Luke. Like it was all the St. Luke. Yeah, St. Luke. It was always like Seas Rock and like Paul, like it was just coma and like all those dudes they had like they did graph so i was like and i started hanging out with them because a few of them rapped and they were like siege rock and like and then they knew people from up uptown and it was just like from doing this thing hip-hop you don't stop and it was like in in a kent park or something and they were because they were trying to be like you know rappers like up-and-coming rappers so um yeah they still like hip-hop you don't stop is still a thing yeah yeah they're fresh was it hip-hop it was it was like one of the it was something like that it was like was it hip-hop you don't stop anyways they had like c's and logics had met because of that so like i met them after the fact so they had already like linked up so it was just like this like slow like progression of things and i was just like kept in contact with them and i moved and they would i like moved to to west and oh, then somewhere in between that time i had like met uh cool man cl cracked lips at a uh uh cool keith concert what and that's yeah fresh. i went i went to go see cool keith and i brought a beat tape a beat cd to give to cool keith and uh uh crack lips just had to happen to be rapping in front of him and he was just like, he was like, yeah, y'all two should like, like hook up and da, da, da. And we didn't, that wasn't even the, the, we didn't even hook up from like that on a musical. It was level. It was like maybe like a few months or like a year later that we had like, uh, my brother's friend, Corey brought crack lips over from like a house party to like rap at my house on some like beats that I had like on, the, on a CD. And that's like when I really like met cl but we had like met before that and i didn't even know who he was till i met him again i'm like oh yeah you're the guy at the, the cool keith show or whatever so he because he i gave him beats. he's like you rap and he's like and he makes beats y'all should hook up blah, blah, blah. cool like so in reality cool keith kind of like he blessed this union yeah exactly there you go, Cool Man Logan. That's an exciting origin story of Cool Man Logan and Vince Price. Um, that's that's for real cool. So you, so Cool Man Logan is rapping in your room, and, you and what get, year was that? See how what year was that? Um, it was like what two thousand seven or something. Something like that. It's gonna be a little yeah. delay, so that's why I started talking over it. Um, but either way, so you're rapping there uh, over that. So it was two thousand ninety five. Thank you, Cool Man Logan. This is this is just oh, 2005. Okay. I was like, I wasn't sure if he's trolling or if he was being like sincere. It's 2005. Shit, man, I'm yeah, still in high sense. school in 2005. I finished high school and start Abbott that year. But I was going to like, I would go to like rap shows alone. Like, I didn't even like, I had, I didn't have anyone to like go to shows with me. I was like, I was like working. Like, I I moved to like 2005. Was I out on my own? Yeah, I think I lived on my own. At that point, I would just like work in restaurants and like make beats and like fucking watch movies for hours and like smoke mad weed. 
It's fucking fresh, though. Like, I mean, it's fresh to get this insight into, like, the, the context of who you were. I mean, you went to a bunch of rap shows, you did your thing, you met Cool Man Logan, and then uh, he's rapping on your beats. Do a lot of rappers come through and rap on your beats at this point? Is this, like, a big no, thing that you're no, doing? No, not really. <laughs> not really. Not, like, not till like, after... <coughs> after when I moved to... Uh... I moved to like, like the cusp of like Westmount NDG. Like I lived on Victoria, right, right. And then like, Seize Rock and Logics, and then they would come over and like, record like bullshit versions at my house. And I think I would go to like this this guy Doctor. Uh, he was a, he was a dope producer too, and Maps, who was like the Mook Life dude, and he used to just rap back then and do graffiti. And we'd like record these like songs at people's houses and stuff. And but hold on, I just because I, I want to bring it back a little bit to that first um, Winter Wars, the mixtape, Volume One and Two. We recorded at this guy's house, Matt. Um, okay, do you know what that is? Winter Wars. I've heard of it. The Volume One and Two, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, so we recorded at this guy's house. Matt, who lives near Vio Metro, Vio Metro, and this guy like loved making beats. And his brother, his older brother, who had like introduced him to it, was like pretty good. And like, but then this guy now is an internationally known producer, and he's produced for Kesha, fucking Britney Spears, like a bunch of like high up like pop stars. And he goes by Billboard, but like back then he was just like. A fucking we recorded like some shitty rap songs at his house and he was like he would like he had these amazing like hip-hop beats and like he had like a, a few like house beats and pop style beats and stuff and reggaeton like so there was like the early like you could see the early stages of like what he would become but he was just like a really like talented British and he was asking us he's like yo what should I call myself he was like this French Quebecer kid um, and he's like, what, what should I call myself? You know, I don't know. So, we're, and I think Coma gave him that name, like Billboard, like Matt. And so he was just like, for the longest time, he was just going by like Matt Billboard or like, he didn't even have a name. He was just like, but yeah. So basically already off the jump, you're working with like legends. And I mean that like, look, look at Logics now. Everybody like Logics is just to show up on a post and you see thirst. You see thirst yeah. when he shows up, right? And I get it, man. Everybody has seen Logics do his thing. And we all understand the power that that guy brings to the table and all the things. He apparently is back on Facebook is what I saw today. I was like, waited to see if y'all yeah. accepted his friend Shit request before hacked. I did. I did. So I saw that and he posted that end of the week. I'm like, no, nah, <laughs> that seems legit. <clears throat> um, but it's like to have them come through and to make like these bigger monumental moments because like a lot of people don't know that on the Anglo side it wasn't like it is today where everybody's popping off single after single after single and shit right like there was only like a handful of opportunities or operations that were actually producing projects it was like MySpace and shit and like 
a few things. But, but like, people that were really, like, organizing full-on projects and movements and things like that with the level of frequency, I don't know how many there were, but if you ask anybody I've talked to previously, they make it sound like there wasn't a lot happening on the Anglo side of things back then. No, not I mean, really. So it was, like, the people that I were with, they, those were the people, like, making noise. Other than, like, Widget and them and, like, the, the like Black Sash and shit, like, who I, like, kind of knew, but, like, to me at that point, like even Widget was kind of like, like intimidating to me. I was just like, oh, I don't really know him. Like, I'm just like, I was always kind of like, people would just like approach me. Like, I just like thinking back on it. I'm just like, I don't even, it was just like, I showed my music to like a few people. And then it was just like, it was just like, oh, and it was like back then it was just like, you didn't really know a lot of people that like made beats. So it was just like, if you made beats, people would be like, oh yeah, he makes beats. And they would like link up. So, you know, you'd get linked up with the, the, the rappers in your neighborhood. And it was just like, that's just kind of like how it happened. And, you know, it's just an organic thing. It was just like, it just like grew. And then we did those few like shows and then, like the, I remember them doing the show and they actually had like those the, the tickets like printed tickets for the show and they were like selling them and it was like it was like a thing they like made money it was just like I was there and I was just like part of this thing and I was like oh this is fucking awesome like like do you feel like you feel like you're like part of like this you know the, the industry or not the industry but you're just like yo i'm like making music and it's just like they were like right in a movement yeah and then like, like the first was time like I... the royal peasants era if i'm not mistaken yeah yeah pretty much yeah and then like i like rapped at this this talent it was like a fucking community like uh thing and i like rapped with with the uh, seas rock and this other guy rashad who doesn't rap anymore make music but uh, Shad Spec, and I remember like that was my first time like rapping in front of because like I wrote a song with them and they're like yo we're gonna perform this and I was like oh yeah okay all right then I did it and I was like I had to like remember the verse and then I like spit it like I only I'm, I'm like kind of like half remember I remember I had like a biggie like shout out or something like in it messed up those no but I mean like. You were like in this, to me, it's like, I know for you and I are not going to see this the same probably because back then a, I was in the West Island at that point. So I'm like out of NDG entirely. And uh, B, I wasn't involved in the hip hop scene at all, right? Like it wasn't like a thing in my life. So then you come into it later on and like iBlast is this big name and Logix is this crazy rapper doing his Big Bag Montreal and who didn't run through Big Bag Montreal type thing. And you're mm -hmm. seeing all these people and you're just like, yeah, back when they started, I'm like the dude in the basement that they was like chilling with and we was just making me. I, I got beats on that like big project that everyone speaks super highly of. It's just no big deal and shit. And I know I was performing at these legendary shows that people talk about, like the greatest shit that ever happened once upon a time. I was just there. It was cool. It was nice to be a part of it. I'm like, yeah, it sounds blessed. Don't even get me wrong. It does seem like a cool thing to be a part of. But like, that's like, these were like big moments that like, I don't think a lot of people really know what even happened when we people consider, especially when you look at how people talk about the city today. And it's like, nah, like, Y'all need to hear like what Vince Price and these people was doing back when we were in high school and shit. 
because y'all are popping off that early shit. I'm in high school. I'm only finishing it. Yeah, you know? no, it kind of, you know, you look back, it's like, oh, it kind of paved the way for certain things or whatever, but like it's just, a, it's a natural prang- uh, transgression, you know? Yeah, but you were a part of it. So natural it's transition. Like... And yeah, I was, but uh, I don't um, know. I guess, you know, you I can, know. I was like, it is what it is. Like know. people can apply whatever significance they want to apply to who's more important than not. That's not really my place to say, but I think everyone that did their part and contributed to the greater picture, like, am I here today talking to you? Is there a crossroads cipher? Do any of these things exist? without all y'all making these albums and almost legitimizing a scene enough for somebody like me to be able to show up at like fucking packed little shitty bars in 2012 like y'all created that even if it wasn't there for that much longer but like yeah but yeah it's all it's all a bunch of you know different um different things because it was just like when I say y'all, it's a lot of people, but you were one of those people that deserves the flowers, and I think it needs well, to just thank you. Needs to be exemplified. It doesn't matter, dude. You're on that project. You got a verse on that project. I'm gonna, I'm gonna like look up those. Like, I, ha- I have the, I have it like, somewhere. Like, so, like, I, but I think I'm I even just, have the CD. But do you, see, do you not like? I know you're not like thinking, but I'm just like, bro, that's like Montreal royalty. That's what it is. I yeah, mean, it was like it was GMP. It was Golden Mike Productions. That was the like the bat like the that was what it was the the, the crew was called Golden Mike Productions and it was yeah, I have I have saw like um C's uh Lost One, me, um Johnny Costar, Doctor, like Maps, like so it was like it it, it was a mix of like original and like and then industry beats so it was pretty like interesting in that like aspect so it was like original montreal music and then like rappers like on um on fucking like industry beats that's fresh those so basically y'all make that happen you link up with cool man logan cool man logan's rapping on your beats in your room and then what happens next in your story well, with, 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 with CL? Or? or just life, your life. I mean, that's as far as we got. Cool Man Logan's uh, rapping on Beats in Your like Room. Yeah, then some like... Yeah, I was living there with, with Maps, and then our place got robbed. He was in Thailand. I don't know if I can like talk about that stuff, I guess. Yeah, there's whatever you can't talk about. Fair enough. Like I don't want to like, <laughs> yeah, and it's it's complicated, right? It, like, it got selling. Weed. It was like a long time ago, so I was just like, I don't know. It's like, I mean, usually selling weed a long time ago is on the like nobody's really gonna think a huge thing. Selling pounds of weed out the room is no. Selling, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like, there's ways to describe it, like without being like super like. Oh man, that. Would, anyways, that was like a, that's like a crazy story. To be, to be fair, like... I'm not trying to go down the drug dealer story. That yeah. isn't my intention here. I, I'm not trying to get anybody to snitch on nobody. But it's just like I was like that's like see I would like come to that. I don't remember. I stayed in in touch with him, and then I was like living on Queen Mary, and he would like come like 
check me there and it was just like oh we didn't even really like work on music then like, like we just kind of like chilled and like listened to music and he would like show me shit we were just kind of like friends and then it was just like during that whole time i was just like i was like making beats like here and there or not not here and there i was like making a lot of beats but like i was like work on songs and like things would like come out here and there with like c's and like logics or whatever and then when I was living there, the place got like robbed because of some like fucking dumb, stupid, like misunderstanding. And I was like, I was there when the place got robbed. And then it was these like fucking like janked up fucking Iranian dudes. And I was just like, I just don't want to live here anymore. So I like, moved back home with my mom for like less than a year. And then like I moved in with my brother And I was still like, just like making, I was just like making beats all this time. And then it was like around 2010, we started, for, uh, I was like, yo, CL, like, let's like make a group with like, with Cinecal or something like you guys do a song. And then that's kind of how just like Murderface kind of like came about. I was just like, yo, we should do like a group. Cause like CL was going to do like a song with, with, with Cinecal. Um, and then Seneca was like, yo, can I bring in my boy Shells? And Shells, like, I kind of knew from the Royal Peasants, because he was, like, part of that. It was, like, Logix, uh, Flex, Lost One, Miriam, and Shells, Seneca. And I had known them, known them from, from Logix's, uh, spot, the, the, stu the Udio, the Uder Water, and it was like right by Outwater and St. Antoine. And it was like, it was basically like a crossroads, you know? Yeah. Of, of all of Montreal's like England, English talent and, and some French too. Cause that's where I like met Monkey. And Yo, like Monkey's that was so cool. I met Monkey there. I met so many, I met Mark the Magnanimous <clears throat> there. And met, like that place was just like, it was this, this like, like bohemian like like transit station it was just like like montreal rappers like drug like street people drug dealers poets like just like all walks of life like came through that that place like whether you're like buying weed or fucking recording music or whatever and like it was just like that that was like a very like like formative kind of like stage of my life too very like interesting i like made a bunch of music there with like logics and like learned a lot about like religion and like um the uh you know um the uh, hebrew israelites and like, like that whole thing like yeah you know, i mean i'm like i know an explicit detail what you mean yeah because then like that like man like so many things like happened and i'm just like trying to like recount it all and it's just like just like when did that happen what year like i'm just like i'm trying to like piece everything together and it's like i mean there's it's it's like you're still getting this general sense of things so it's like you start off with them post high school you get the reputation in you get involved in this bigger projects the royal peasants kind of be i heard about this spot before right um 
basically uh, uh the way it's been brought yeah, up to that me was like is a kind legendary, of like, like he retirement. built like a studio like he built a sound proof studio in his loft that like unfortunately when he had to leave there like it just got like i guess they just demolished it or something but it was just like he spent like a few grand on like soundproofing that like this like amazing thing like we made like a lot of songs there there's like hundreds of songs that were like recorded there not that i wasn't a part of all of them but but there was just like a lot i think it's like really important to talk about just because it kind of goes back to that like this this global theme that keeps recurring as we talk to different people mostly ismail brings it up a lot but i guess it's a fair thing it's the idea of collectives um and labels versus collectives and really what happened there was some collective shit it was like you pick a resource you could find it there and people wanted to be there that was the other side of it like it was like people saw the bubbling of what bigger was coming is what i understood it and they made shit happen and it was like nifty as you described it just everybody from different walks of life and it's it's like fucking blessed just the idea that these kinds of places could exist almost like these neutral grounds where like people could congregate and actually get past the egos and the whatever whatever because chances are there's going to be somebody in the room that could mark somebody you know it's very likely that that's what was so crazy about it it's just like there's this like hippy dippy chick there there's just like this girl that does a braid up oh here's a guy he's just like a fucking graffiti like rapper oh this guy's a rapper oh this guy's a drug dealer oh this guy's a fucking you know just like and they were all in the same room together and just like chilling and it was just like this this weird uh, transient space but that sounds like montreal more than a mm-hmm. lot of things I've heard sound like Montreal. Like people think they try to like eyeball as Montreal shit with these weird. Th- That's the most Montreal shit I ever done heard. That is that is really what it is when you go to any one of these events that are popping. It's those group of people at the jazz fest. All the everybody you described there is who you're gonna see in different portions with parents at the jazz fest. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so I, I like that a lot that's interesting i'm going to use that as a barometer for my new what montreal is type thing to move forward so i appreciate that a lot this has been fucking blessed so far yo man you know i am montreal through and through like born and raised you know just like this city it's it's a gift and a curse it's the beautiful weather it's shitty weather it's it's, you know broken streets but like mad trees on each street like we got like so many like trees in the neighborhoods and it was just like you grew up around like nature but you're still in the city it's just like what good street bad street like one block is like cool like the next block is like you know you might see someone get shot it's like that's that's montreal i (laughs) I mean it's what's weird is how like that's not ndg anymore not anymore no and no. so there's like a whole bunch of people coming through that are never gonna like yo like it's gentrified it's like really really gentrified now yeah well i i saw it happen but i was also like i was out of like i haven't lived in ndg since like 2010 or 11. Mm, yeah. and then i moved uptown i lived uptown and then after uptown i moved to Verdun, and then that's where i've been since I was in yeah. Verdun in like 2012-ish for a bit. I had the most amazing arrangement. I fucked up. And then I left Verdun for NDG and I've been here since like 2012. Um, 
I would, I'd love to move back to NDG, you know, but it's just like, it's, it's crazy expensive now. I'm like, it's just, just crazy to think about. Like, I swear the average rent price in NDG goes up a hundred dollars a year. No problem. And you're like, wait, wasn't it just like a thousand for a three and a half? And now it's like 1200 for a three and a half. And that's not, that's in like my, my neighborhood, which is like fielding Rosedale type shit, which is not supposed to be like. Twelve hundred dollars for a three and a half, you know, like that's some yeah. like serious numbers. Um, but that's where we're at with it, and it's like I suppose it's cool, but I don't know. It's just like, like I mean, I grew up when like you know McDonald's was there. I wasn't like around yeah. that part, yeah, yeah, but yeah, I used to I have remember. birthday parties at that McDonald's and shit, and like my parents would be Same like, here. "You can't go on Walkley." I'd be like, "I had, I had my first uh, McDonald's pizza there." Mm. Yo, those McDonald's pieces were lit. All right, so yeah. So, so let's go back to to Murder Face. So you basically link up with Cool Man Logan, who wants to do a song with fucking uh, Sinecal, and Sinecal's like the homeboy shells, who was formerly in the Royal Peasants. Should also be on. I think this. at that point they still were kind of you know Royal Peasants affiliated. Mm. Um, I mean, it, it's like they didn't, they didn't like, like you know, officially like disband or whatever. But. I know exactly who could clarify that for us in the future. Logics, that's um, who. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, but uh, gotta go to the bathroom. Yeah, do your thing. So that's okay, everybody. How are y'all doing out there? How y'all feeling? I appreciate all y'all watching that you're with me. So this time I can just talk to you. Uh, Verdun used to be my neighbor in Point St. Charles. Re respect. Cool man Logan. I forgot where you were from, to be honest. But yo, I'm straight, like, Coast St. Luke, honestly. I know it's, it's whatever, but I was, like... Yo, I think we were... I was born in Uptown, though. My, 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 like, I was, like, conceived and popped out the womb on Bourette Street. Uh, so, technically, I think we were Uptown for, like, a year. And then there was some cockroaches What business that went on. So with these cockroaches, they were like, nah, -uh, we ain't doing this shit. And we ended up in like near the golf course, uh, Coast St. Luke for a minute. And uh, at my grandma's house. And then when I was like five, we moved up by like Edinburgh in Coast St. Luke across from Montreal West. So like that was more where I was at. But like, I suppose if you're like there, you still spend a bunch of time around NDG, but less like in the NDG. So like, I didn't really enter NDG so much until like i was i don't know mid 20s maybe early 20s i don't really remember when 2012 was that many years ago 24 maybe but yeah coast st luke is my shit i went to wager um did the whole fucking cavendish mall life yo the coast st luke public library used to be the bomb diggity back when motherfuckers who was not with a coast st luke address could actually go there so back when i was young and it was like the super Lydia's library. It was like one of the best ones in like Canada type thing. And um, then they did the one island, one city bullshit. And everybody was allowed to go to the library. And it fucked it up. It was less Liddy. And I think I think it was a sad thing that happened. Anyway, welcome back. Yo, when they like did the one island, one city shit. And then all of oh, a yeah. sudden everybody could go to all the libraries. Because it used to be like you could only go to like your hoods library based on your address. And so yeah. I was blessed enough to have the Coast St. Luke Public Library on some like we lived across the street from the border to Montreal West shit. I just went to Fraser Hicks and 
Mm. I used to do karate there for a minute. So I wasn't like taking out books and shit, but I did karate when I should ended up upstairs for a minute. Anyway, so you linked up with all the murder face boys, the shells, the fucking cynicals, the fucking cool man Logans. And then what happens? How does your know, people want to know the story of Murderface a little bit and how it all comes think, to be? It was just like 2005 to like 10. I didn't like do anything. No, because I was like. 2005 okay yeah 2005 to 10 i was like working on stuff with like logics and c's and like things came out in like 2006 and 7 but a lot of the music that i like worked on like other than like with c's rock a lot of the music that i worked on with people like didn't didn't really come out because it was just like recorded like a lot of music with logics but like so much stuff didn't come out Cause they were just like, Oh yeah, it's going to be for this or that project. And then like all this movie, like I'm sure he, he still has like probably hard drives fucking with the hundreds of songs that like they're never going to come out that are just like sitting on his hard drive, like all this music from that time. Um, I think I like, I might have a few of the, the, the songs on my computer that I like, I personally recorded with them, but like, I know there was like so many songs like, and then there was like one song I, we, I recorded. Um, it was, uh, it, it came out on Monkey's album and it's like Lo uh, Logics and Monkey and it's on my beat. It's about dreams. It's like a song. It's, a, it's really, it's a dope song. You can check it on, uh, it might be on Spotify, Monkey Spotify, but I know it was on his like album that he, he released. Yeah, that's bad. Cool that you know all these people. You got it there somewhere. Anyways. Like, I was talking to Vince Price one time, and he's like, no, no big deal. Two of my friends are Grammy Award-winning artists type thing. And I'm like, oh, Fair. Dungeon Doom. And I'm sitting there going, damn, man, my homie's Vince Price, and look at all these people he's friends with. Like, Monkey's one of those dudes that are, like, legends. And, and like, he's so... Oh, yeah, it's true, because I was, like, making... we I was, like, making music. I was trying to do, like, uh, stuff... Like, we were trying to, like, come out with all this, like, these crews, like, different, we were called, like, the crew, and, like, so it's, like, I was, like, part of, like, two kind of, like, different, like, worlds in, like, the hip-hop, I guess, like, more, like, underground, and then the, like, uh, the, the, the more, I guess, like, not mainstream, but the more, like, like, the logics is in, like, a C's Rocks or whatever, but then, like, so I was, like, kind of, like, had a foot in, like, both both those worlds. Excuse me, it was, like, I was, like, I would do shows with, I had, like, some songs with, like, uh, CL, and I would, like, rap, and we tried to, like, make these, like, group, like the crew, and the, what was the other thing? The, uh, the others. Fuck. What's the others? <laughs> Like, Who is in the others? I don't know what any of this is. Like to me, this is like you don't shit. know anything because it doesn't. It doesn't. It was nothing. It never like amounted to anything really. It was like it was like me and CL and BK and BK Brooks. It, yeah, man, and PK Brooks makes my cool buddy too. the Shaw and like this other guy Midnight. And like we would do these shows at like fucking. Uh, See, I would perform bar, as the, the bar Waverly. 
the bar Waverly, but now it it was at the time it was like uh, bar uh, bar Saint Laurent de because there was like bar Saint Laurent, and then this place was like bar Saint Laurent de, so it was like the part two, and it was just like a shitty like fucking pool table, and like uh, a bunch of like rough and tough gruff like crooners and ruffians and we do these shows to like fucking like 10 people it's pretty funny yo but that's like yo i mean it sounds funny in hindsight but like that's part of the, the grind i mean in the part like if you haven't done those kinds of awkward shows it's almost like are you really a performer are you have you really yeah. performed to people that don't really give a shit about you until you've done that you're not really in it in my opinion those are not the same thing as an invested fucking audience um cool man logan is dying to get on the zoom i see but i'm like cool man yeah, logan yeah. we can clarify later we're gonna finish this up and then we can have clarification session with cool man logan at the end because we just this is the vince price story you know what i'm saying this is the Vince I Price almost, thing. I, I almost want to let him in, but... No, nah, I have a feeling of how that goes the second he comes in. And I appreciate it. But here's the other side, is I then have to do some fucking switcher bullshit on Zoom where I'm flipping back and forth. But, and nah, man, I hate doing it, like, a lot. So at the end, sure, yes. Um, he, I know, but we want the Vince Price story from the perspective of Vince Price, cool man, Logan. And you can come in at the end for clarification. Anyway. <laughs> That's what's happening, my guy. I appreciate you so much, Cool Man Logan. I really, really, really do. But, um, so basically, y'all are there with the groups practicing. Uh, he remembers shit. things like differently, and I'm, I'm like, it's cool, but this is your version. We can have the Cool Man Logan version after. <laughs> anyway, so you're doing the shows to the people with the collective that amounted to not a lot. It's still fun though because we were like we made some like good songs but that's like to me really like you're looking at it a little bit like nah man this is just like it didn't go anywhere and i'm like no that's not true vince you were like out there being a real group performing to people doing some shit and people as cool man logan saying love the shows you know like i guess from a per perception of the no there was a lot of good shows it was like so from like a perception of like okay did it amount to like what we would consider in today's market this that no it doesn't matter i spent like 20 to 24 just dreaming of doing what you did you know like to me that was that would have been it when i did my first show at the bar it was like the craziest experience ever it was like that was so cool for years that was like amazing it was enough so like that sounds blessed to me i mean i know it's like whatever but Y'all are like young, learning how to work together, practicing songs. Yo, we, you could make the debate, yeah. but you could make yeah. the argument that people today put out like shit right before they've tested it and get it ready. The real value to open micing is to try out your songs. Where else did we get, perform Green Room? There was like Green Room that doesn't exist. I think it burned down, but that was like a pretty dope spot. It was all these like little like bars on on saint laurent that we like do shows at and it was like cl and bk would book it we did like shows with this guy atherton from ottawa who's like part of this group called like the leathers and like he would bring group like these 
he brought this like guy in from like Buffalo, New York named like Dude Computer. And it was like this weird like indie fucking like white boy rap from the States. And like he, cause he, he was just like in line with this like, we, so we do like CL and like BK hooked up with that, that dude Atherton. And like, he was pretty cool. And he's like still like, you know, he has some, some like, he's like an OG like dude from, from Ottawa. And they do like a lot of shows in like Montreal and stuff. And we did some some shows in like Ottawa at Babylon Club. Like, I would be like the DJ, and it would be like CL and like BK, and like those are some pretty cool shows too. Yeah, I can see you. On like a Wednesday that. night, we like drove to like fucking Ottawa, <laughs> like Not Wednesday bad. night nine o'clock show. It's like raining. There's like. <laughs> 10 people there like, <laughs> you know it here's the thing yeah, that was great that was like yo we're going to ottawa to do a show it was like so yo he, he put a cinder block in your fucking school bag that's hilarious oh yeah so he put a cinder block in my bag once because he was like yeah i might have to like fight this guy so i like need a weapon and i was just like i picked up my bag and i was like what the fuck <laughs> Like my bag weighed like a fucking time. I was like, why the fuck is my bag? I'm just like, yo, why the fuck are you putting a bag fucking brick in my bag? Because he didn't tell me that he did it. And I just like tried to lift up my bag. And it's just. That's hilarious. Um, That's really cool, though. And I'm glad you brought it up because this is like. Sometimes I think people don't have context for like. What a, what a, what a. What a grind really feels like, especially back in the day prior to the internet. Now, I'm going to be the first one to tell people the internet grind is not a simple thing to do correctly and to do sustainably. But it is certainly not like on a Wednesday night, drive two hours to another city to go stand in the rain with cinder blocks in your bag level of, of stuff. And then have to come all the way back after probably because, I mean, what, you're going to stay in Ottawa? I mean, maybe you did. I don't fucking know. Probably depends on the night. No, I don't think we did. I think we – did we? No, I think we drove back. Like, I don't even know who we went with. Where, uh... Either way. So, yeah. so that's, like, real commitment. Plus, already, you haven't even, like, really popped off or anything, and you performed in multiple provinces of this country, which is something that most of us can't even say we did. So big respect. Like, I, I don't know if you realize how amazing these accomplishments actually are. You oh, really... yeah. Safir was there, too. Yeah, this... <laughs> so, yeah, like, to me, buddy. it's like, yeah, see, I was like, no, these are all the hard facts. Oh, cool. See, I'll run it. People can see it on the screen. You you contributing, my guy. Vince, do you realize how cool this is? This is fucking cool <laughs> to me. I just want you to know that popping off to auto, it doesn't matter what anyone else has done. That's amazing in and of itself that you guys had that level of dedication and grind to push it through and not wasting time that's amazing i mean i'm still here so it's like <laughs> yeah but like you put in that work consistently you know and that's still part of the, the process that i mean what do you think like going on tour is i don't think a lot of people think about what actually the logistics no, I know. it's of a lot on. of it's not it's like yeah it's fun but it's there's a lot of not a fun <laughs> a lot of not a fun just Dude, fucking like, driving around oh from venue to venue and doing the same show over and over again it's just like the gratification is like meeting the the fans or, or like being on stage and just like it's like yeah you're doing the same songs over and over again but it's like it's 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 draining but it's also 
invigorating at the same time. <clears throat> Which, you know what? Most of us don't have that problem because we performed like what infrequently at different places and we always had new songs. So it was just like, yo, check out my new song, guys. You know, how many times have I even done that? I don't even know. Too yeah, many. Yeah. So it's like, yo, you guys set up a show like you planned out your whole show ahead of time. Honestly, a lot of that is like on CL and BK, like they booked all those shows. Like they had the foresight to do that. I just, they were like, yo, you do this. So like, come and I did what I did like, all right or well. So. Fair enough. So, I mean, what happened? So at that point, uh, when apparently cool man saying that in the green room night, y'all end up creating murder face, but like separately is what I think I read. Um, where did he say that? Way earlier. Um, okay. Yeah. That sounds about right. Cause I remember like kind of creating murder phase after this, like at your house. Um, yeah. At my house, but like coming up with the idea for it, it was like, I went to this Halloween party with CL that we were like supposed to rap at that we didn't end up rapping at. It was like this. <laughs> party that was like in this fucking apartment that was above the Belmont. Okay. And they would show they would have parties and throw shows there too. It was pretty lit. It was like I guess it was like like a loft rave get type type of thing. And um CL had like performed at one before so they was like, "Yeah, I wrapped at these parties." Da, 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 da. Cause he knew this guy that like lived up there on Saint Laurent. So that's like how I got like, kind of like linked into that whole like Saint Laurent party scene at first. And there was like Friendship Cove and shit like that. That was like another spot that CL would like rap at. Interesting. There was, yeah, it was these like app, there was like these alternative like after hours kind of like venues. Not even, not even after hours all the time, but they would just like throw these like weird, it was like this like rock rap music. It was just like hybrid of like music and shit. And I remember like de definitely CL introduced me a lot to that. Like that's how I met him through, I met Chuggo through him. Chuggo's like this dude from Toronto that had like a viral hit come on fucking fucking guy i don't know no and it was like a, it was a pretty like viral hit on the internet it's like this canadian viral thing and um yeah so and then we went to this halloween party we were supposed to like perform there we didn't end up performing and then like during that that like oh, after that night i had like come up with the like the idea of like yeah we should do this this group of like CL and, and Sinecal. And I was like trying to come up with like a name was like Montreal mayhem or massacre. And then I just came up with like murder face, which was, I guess, kind of a subliminal thing. Now that I think about it, cause it was um, from uh, Metalocalypse, and there was the bass player, William murder face. So I'm sure I'd like heard that his name before, <laughs> But to me, it was just like, it just like kind of like linked up as like this fit. And I was like, yeah, what about that name? And we're like, yeah, let's do it. And then that's kind of like how Murderface was born. <laughs> so, you all, so then you make an album. That's what I understand. 
Yeah, I at that it was it started when I was living okay, from Queen Mary when I was living with Maps who would later make MOOC life, I moved to Avon and I was living with my brother and my homie Khalil and this dude uh Mike and they had like their own band and I was like making beats and my brother was downstairs and he was like with his band the Cosbys so it was like a pretty it was just like a music fucking house flop house like and there was just like people in and out a lot of drugs a lot of like you know things going on <laughs> um and CL and Seneca and Shells would come by and I would just play them beats and we would like write songs and record and then those songs eventually became the murder face songs that we went and recorded at uh, this dude Soke who's like a pretty dope producer and rapper in his own right um but that would link was from I think Sinical had that and he was like yeah I record by this guy Soke and we went and recorded the songs there. And then CL with his links, he mostly like got us the shows. He would like link up, make the shows. And then I was like, all right, I'm gonna get the CDs made. I'm gonna get the t-shirts made. And yeah, we would just do shows and we had t-shirts and CDs and fucking sell them. And, and we do shows like Lowe's started booking us for his like night step your game up and then we opened up for uh tech nine and we opened up for onyx and uh yeah we were just like we were doing a lot of shows we did some shows in toronto because like cl syndicate was i think i don't know if they were battling but we we did a show with this dude mookie wilson who like was part of the or he was like a rapper bow rapper from like toronto hamilton and he got us a show at uh, this place called vapor lounge or something it was like this you could smoke weed in there like weed wasn't legal then but you could like smoke weed in there like no tobacco it was like in toronto we did like those a show are the of- literal best venues i've ever been involved in because the crowd does not go outside yeah but they <laughs> just sat there high not reacting to the songs it was the worst thing ever and then like when we were done everyone was like yeah man that was cool like everyone came up to us and said it was like dope so we were like all right cool we did a good stuff but literally everyone was just sitting down like high like watching our show like not reacting so we're like did we do a good job like (laughs) i like it though that's i I, oh yeah corrupt corrupt we 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 fucking i think that was the first show we opened up for corrupt from dog pound game yeah and that show was fucking dope and like uh shells fucking freestyled with corrupt and like that was a pretty crazy show nah weed people sound like a crazy audience to have to deal with but um i don't know it just seems like they'd stay inside and opening up for corrupt it did but but yeah but yeah that that corrupt show that was dope um that's a lot that you've already done and it's like what 2010 to 2014 or something like that that era this is all going on earlier. Probably like 20, no, no, like 2010 to like 2012. We like ran that Murderface thing for like two years without like recording any new music. Like then we like joined this group Gigante and it was like all the English 
Montreal like underground scene in in one basically and it was like the boom bap cats and like Penzo Gritty and Logic Johnson Slick Jack Spook One uh, a bunch of producers Katola uh, DJ Fat L, uh, there was a French people it was just basically all of like the Montreal underground in one we tried to do our own like army of the pharaohs okay type of thing in in Montreal but it was like the English and French like underground scene all in one and we did like a bunch of shows and actually like made some money because we like booked a bunch of shows in advance and we were like we paid for it in advance so like every show that we made it was just like we paid for the venue in advance and then we just charged at the door so we like made money from like each show and then everything went into one pot and we just all split it equally so it was like a pretty good thing if we had just kept it going but at the same time it was just like not everyone was like bringing the same level of either commitment or talent so it was just like yeah I just heard you say giant like super group thing. Yeah. And I say, yeah. woof. Like, yo. no, but we had like a treasury. Like, we'd sit down and have meetings. Like, we tried to make it this like official. It wasn't just like, oh, we're a bunch no, of. No, no, like, no. I mean, like, it sounds like it sounds like a logistical nightmare to do. It was. But like, a lot. Um, there were some cool songs that like came out of it. But like, logistically, it's just like, yo, this is like. 30 people or something like it you're trying to like maybe so, not 30 people but there's like a bunch of people and like, i'm not trying. even <clears throat> i'm not hating on this at all i think it's fascinating i'm looking at it like yo i would love to understand that better just so like we can see if a can no, well, they kind reproduced? of did it with the like the new money they did like a new money thing and and it was like boy blue and all these like uh magnum and like it was like a bunch of like Montreal rappers that tried to they did this thing new money they did a show they made a lot of money like I I don't, I don't remember exactly where what venue was at but it was like a pretty like big venue we did our thing at um um not Billy Coon but it was like right beside it um on Mount Royal going up Mount Royal it's like right near Mount Royal Metro uh Aube, not Aubervoir. fuck what's the name of the place I don't know. I'm not Anyways, familiar. They don't. With this they scene. don't do like they're they like. Oh, Opatro Vis. Opatro Vis. Yeah. I exactly. have in fact performed there. Never mind. I know exactly where that is. Yeah, there and then like they don't, but they don't really book hip hop shows there anymore. No, like, they don't. Do they don't. Shows, but... So we booked like a bunch of shows there, and they were pretty successful. Like we had like a lot of. Um. We had a lot of. We got a lot of people because it, it was the because the sheer amount of people that we were so it was just like it was like yeah obviously so it was just like one show would be like a certain amount of groups from that and then we did like the murder face album launch with like a few other of the people uh like it was like art cons and like someone else that like opened for us and then art cons album launch and like we opened for art cons and then it was like another group that like two had the uh, like two openers or whatever but it was all like people that were in the, the group like everyone kind of got like cycled through and everyone got their like their shine or whatever you know so some shows did better than others but it was just like yeah but that's like the most interesting 
yo, I've had the versions of this chat a lot, but the way you're breaking it down is like something that probably needs to happen as like we well, we didn't have like this like oh incentive like oh you like it's like yeah sell tickets to come to the show but it was just like i don't think we even had pre-sale tickets really it was just like but i'm saying like beyond like promoted the show and, and people shit. have to come and come to how the show. do you get people to come to a show but like it sounds like you guys did some really interesting stuff there just like what i heard you say to me from like a marketing breakdown point of view you had this squad of people who were collectively built around a solid brand, one like bigger moment. And with that, each of these people were able to ensure that X number of people were able to come to different shows. But y'all kind of collectively rotated and pivoted, creating a sense of familiarity with the acts across yeah, the sure. show. But it's kind of like similar to what like Hodges and them were doing in the West Side at the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like laying down that regularity, the same people coming through, the same kind of general core group of like things so that people could get like attached to something. It's kind of the opposite of showcases. Yeah. Not to say that, like, but you had like showcases, but like it's almost like you look at it like the showcases is, is WrestleMania, right? Like it's the big thing. And then you have the little season events that like build up towards like the WrestleMania main event where you're really going in with the 27 track set or whatever, as Cool Man Logan said. That's like a nifty thing to play with that people should like consider before everyone competes to fucking throw the same show a hundred times. What I mean is like just large, vastly like everybody. Anyway, that's a whole other conversation. So I think it's just cool that you shared that. Like that's nifty. To me it's just something like to think about um so y'all did that and then it got complicated yeah then it just kind of i don't know like things kind of like just like it was like too many people it was just like we'd have meetings and then like half the people would show up and half the people cared about it and the other half didn't type of thing and it was just like yeah and then like murder face started deteriorating and there was just like all sorts of like infighting there and then i just started to kind of do my own thing like producing and i was just like um this was like what probably 2000 like 11 12 then i started like getting like a bit more into like um like bass music and stuff and like experimenting in that like dubstep and bass music and um then my boys started like mook life and they started after that started throwing parties and mook life was like a website is like a lifestyle website of like graffiti and just like the like this other like alternative side of montreal like after hours partying and like chilling in the park and like mad like weed delinquency smoke it just like it's kind of like vagabond lifestyle. Um, and then, but they started like throwing parties and um, it was like the, one of the first, I think it was like Wiggers from the North side, which was like a a play off of some, some three, six mafia shit. Um, and they would just play South music. And then uh, maps got linked up with, with Tommy Cruz who had like started like uh, making beats and DJ. He was from like Quebec city. And then we started throwing these parties and they just started like getting traction. And like people were coming to these like underground parties of us just like playing like 
underground south music because that was like the whole wave of like from like a you know like asap rocky and them but it was just like i remember hearing like three six mafia shit in like you know like 99 2000 and being like yo what the fuck is this like crazy because i never really like liked south music like that way like i didn't like the high that had the fast hi-hats and stuff like I was always like kind of like that purist. I'm like, I really like the like the West Coast. But then I heard like three six mafia and I was just like I equated it to kind of like Wu Tang. I'm like, these guys are like the Wu Tang of the South, kind of. They're just like this crew of like people and they're all like so different, but they fit together and they have this like weird dark like sound and they like sample move music from like horror movies and like <laughs> weird shit and like so I like became very like a kind of attached to that kind of sound, like that. So I'm like, I started making like a more um, fucking like Southern style beats and like being influenced by that stuff. And then my whole kind of style of beat making like switched up. So I like switched from like this like very East Coast, like dark sound to this this kind of dark South sound. Cause I was just like, oh, this is like a whole nother way of like making beats. And it was just like the, 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 the the drum template were completely different than than what I was like doing like making like so it was like a challenge to me also. Yeah, it's so nifty. Like first of all, it's so nifty that this party series happened. <clears throat> like I didn't know any of this existed, dude. You gotta understand the rock I'm under. I'm in this call center all the time, fucking working like fucking for. I did some like insane overtime shit and then I would just randomly get booked for things and go perform right. and have literally no entry or gateway into like this next tier. I didn't meet any people. Yeah. Honestly, I got lucky that I met Logic's a hip hop karaoke <laughs> thing. Like I got lucky so yeah. many times. Well, like because that. during that whole time, like I still like knew Logic's and them and like maps. And I was like, I was doing my own thing, but I was still like, I still knew them. And like this whole like, underground graffiti like thing was like happening and then and then they just started like like the, the graffiti thing started moving to the internet and like becoming like this search board thing and then like a website and then like it just kind of transformed into like doing parties it was just like a bunch of people from montreal like this underground like scene of like graffiti writers and like just like party people and musicians and DJs. And that's kind of like what like MOOC life was. It was just like this weird, it, it became like my second part two of like what Logix's studio was. It was like that MOOC life was like that. So I like knew all these like other types of creatives like artists and like DJs and like not some rappers and stuff. But then like with that whole MOOC life scene like I got like linked up with like the whole kind of like under but like the vice kind of scene like of like the underground montreal music scene and like after hours and like and like the the the, the djs and artists that were like coming through that world and that's like how i got like linked up with that and like just going after hours and then like being a dj at these like after hours like jams that were just like being thrown and like in in the like uh, fucking plateau and the like uh, uh area of, like above that gentle and stuff right i mean i i'm i know what you're talking about generally i didn't know any of this was happening i'm just going holy shit i was living under a rock my guy like seriously that's what i'm like and it's kind of like 
it was cool because like you had yeah. to know about it and if you didn't know yeah about kind it, of but it was like my my first dj gig was at um it doesn't exist it, it was what the fuck was the name it was right beside um trash bar do you know trash bar no no it's a um, oh, fuck what prince arthur prince arthur and sure what was koi 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 i know koi yeah there was the bat they used to do the battles there and stuff but it was like that was like this gr- like anyways we threw the first like one of the first like uh, not one of the first mukulay party but that was the first one that i dj'd at and that was 2012 or 13 like i can i can get you the exact date or whatever but um yeah, that was my like first DJ gig, and then I would just started DJing at those MOOC life parties, and then from that, people would see me DJ there and like book me there, or I would like link up with other people in the scene, or just like holler at them like, "Yo, let me, can I play at your night or whatever?" So that's how I kind of just got linked up in that the whole Montreal like DJ scene is just from playing those like MOOC life parties. So basically, you're you're doing that for a while. <clears throat> you're part of this wave. So you're part of like multiple cultural phenomenons in the city. I guess you could say that, yeah. No, I am saying that because you said <laughs> it throughout your interview. Maybe you don't contextualize it like that, but if you're part of that MOOC life thing, and you're also part of the whole like studio thing logics and them had. And you're also on this next album thing that paved the way for Anglo artists to even have a thing. 2012, August 6th. Oh man, that's like so early. For real though. I like... That was the, the poster. Shit, that's like so back in the day. Look at that graphics. Um, so yeah, I literally just didn't know any of this shit was happening. Um, I don't. I know who Red Dread is. I do know yeah. that name. Uh, I think it was hip hop karaoke or something that linked that. But up. fuck, we had already they had already gone to. Okay, like hold on, let me look at my. When I look at my Facebook, I can tell. Yo, what I just was made happening. like no effort to talk to these people. Is more what happened. Like you know, yeah. I would meet people at stuff, and I made like no effort. Yo, because like, Mook Life talk. brought down Action Bronson for the first time. For real. In 2011. It was like Mook Life Lookout, and it was at uh, Lambie. That was like a fucking dope show. So it was like, yeah, it was like two, around 2011, I was like living on King Edward. I'd like moved out of Avon, and then like Murderface was still kind of happening. We were doing like shows and shit. Um, Gigante was happening like around that time, 2011. Um but then I like started like merging more with like that 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 the MOOC life scene, but yeah, then we did we did shows at like catacombs, and then when was it two thousand yeah two thousand twelve, then because of like Mark, I started linking with the 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 art beat, you know art beat, maybe like loop loop session. Anyway, that's a whole other thing like. Katrinata started at like so RB. Are you saying you're linked up in a whole other thing that was big? Yeah. Tell us about it. 
uh, Artbeat was a, I guess a showcase just for like Montreal producers to like, they would book shows and just, it was like Montreal up and coming producers playing their beats to a bunch of people and no rappers, nothing. It was just like a round table of beat makers sitting down like each playing beats like it was go go through a round of like beats and i was i was uh, at one of those That's in fucking may 2012 so this was like a really lit time to come into the game man like i didn't even realize a lot of this was happening like i started rapping in 2012 like for real and this is like some heavy shit. I have like an ego. And it's like the more I hear people talk about this shit, the more I'm sitting there going, my ego is stupid. Because, yo, there was a lot going on at this time. Like a lot of legend happening at this moment. So you're you're basically May, part. In June, then we did like uh, probably like one of our last like murder face shows at Cabaret. And we did this Cabaret Underworld Hip Hop Showcase. Yeah, and it was Aspect flyer. Mendoza. Yeah, kind of. It was like. So I remember some shit with Clarity, or I don't know. I remember hearing. It was Aspect Mendoza, General Q, LES, Murderface, Spook One. That's the last June one ever. 23rd. That was like one of the last movies. So why I say that is because I can vividly remember there being a, a Murderface show that Clarity opened for. That yeah. happened, <clears throat> and I think that I, that was at um. That happened after I started rapping, though. So I don't. What what fucking show was that? And there's like no way I got there off of like my first performance. So it would have been like August, September, maybe that that went down, of that year, and then I don't remember after that much. But okay, cool man, Logan saying I'll tell you guys if you let me in the Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> he's too fucking funny um alright yeah, I don't even mind but it's, it's up to you no I mean it's up to you you're the guest we've gotten a lot of to, a lot of time into this um I'm like okay it's fine cool man Logan cause like I said if he wants to come in at the end but I mean still we're 2012 and we've already got in let's say so much Vince Price. Let's be real. Um, I don't know how much of your story is jam packed between 2012 and today. To be well, honest, 2012 <coughs> was like kind of the end of Murderface, the beginning of my like MOOC life career. Went to Toronto for the first time with North by Northeast. I didn't perform at that first year that they went, but I was just there. Like it was Jello Bar. I remember that because, yo, I remember vividly deciding not to go to that show. <laughs> I had no idea that that was probably silly, but I remember distinctly saying, nah, I'm not going to that shit for some reason or another. That was a pretty, that was like a pretty lit show. It was kind of good. I, I remember I, that I made terrible choices in 2012. I can't say I was a smart guy. Um, so... Okay, we'll let you in soon, cool man, Logan. Soon, just just a little bit more. Be some patience with us. We just want to get through this last blitz of the Vince Price situation because we're coming up to at least one big highlight's gonna happen that you know is pretty cool. Um, that comes later on, but like uh, yeah, Mook Life. Then I did after that. I love the, the fact August, that you're like looking at Koi. Facebook and just like yeah. Tsh, tsh, and then tsh. August. Wait, that was August tenth. 
and then oh that was a big month august then i because i played with fucking tommy cruz ryan hemsworth guilty and then me and, and i didn't i didn't I, I played first obviously but that was like at this place called eastern block and i don't i don't think it exists anymore but it was like this big loft and it had like different rooms and it was like an after hour spot and it was up like on past like gentle like in the fucking industrial area of Saint Laurent and like you, you can't hear shit for like miles so they just put on like raves and and like after hours joints there yeah i swear but, i went raving in that part around those times for a little bit it was called eastern block that place was pretty dope it was like really fucking nice there was like a whole like outside you can go do and chill and it was like different rooms like it was like one room was like rap one room was this whatever like um but yeah i don't know if you know ryan hemsworth is but he's like yes. a pretty yeah my brother so, was like, um, in the rave scene for a few years at that time and time. So yeah, it was like Tommy Cruz's like birthday, and he like I want I want to I want Ryan the, Ryan Hemsworth to like play at my birthday, and like at that time he was just like he wasn't like super like as well known as he was, and I think he like did the party for like two hundred bucks type of thing. Um, so like that was like my first like big big thing. And then I did like another murder face show at Death House in October and Chuggo and Woodman wow. and Urban Logics performed there. They were like the guests and it was like murder face presents and it was called barbarianism. That's the flyer that I made. Bro, that's like a wicked lineup stills. I know I've seen that flyer. No, I know I've seen that flyer before. I fucking made that in like Photoshop when I first like got it and I kind of learned how to do it. And I would just take like Dude, these like Grindhouse movie so posters. And, yeah, it was this was like the good Death House. Yeah, that's, I got that was it. like the times that, that was like uh, me, Shells, Tommy Cruz. That's fresh, man. Then it was the Mooncalf Halloween party. Yeah, nobody like literally has this kind of documentation on their career like this. 2012, yeah. That's serious. Like there was so much stuff happening. So yeah, October 6th, I did that Death House show. And then October 12th, I did. So I was like simultaneously going back from like Murder Face to like the Mook Life shit. Okay. And then Murder Face just kind of like fizzled out. And then I just continued to just like DJing and like making trap beats and playing more like dirty south like trap music because i was just like what am i gonna play at these parties like fucking dj premiere and wu-tang i was just like no one wants to hear that shit anymore you know like by that time like that type of fucking rap like no one wanted to like they didn't give a fuck about i didn't even give a fuck about it parties it doesn't make me feel party you know like it doesn't put no but like at that time like trap was just like really like Trap, 2012, it was like Lex Luger and fucking like all this like yeah. dirty, like it was like the resurgence of the dirty South. Like, like it was like the ASAP Rocky and fucking uh, yeah. all that shit that came out at that time. And it was just like this new, and it like, it made me like, like love making beats again. I was just like, oh, there's this whole like other style of like beats that I can like, like 
get like I had already started to kind of like make that type of these like I'd always kind of like liked Wu Tang as much as I did Three Six Mafia. So right when I like figured out how I'm like oh I can do these types of beats but still like maintain this that this kind of like grimy dirty like aesthetic to them like it was and it was just this new kind of energy and i had been going to like a lot of like raves and like you know getting into that whole seat like and that type of music has this like different type of energy so to good. it so it was just like yo i i feel that though especially it's one of those things where like i don't know how to describe it but unless you in a way, empty building, standing in front of a speaker, tripping off your mind, feeling the bass in a new way. It's hard to really describe to people why that shit's blessed unless you've like done it. Some people might just empathize, but nah, man, I really wasn't into all of that until I like was in the right environments to embrace the music. And then it's like, nah, it's, it's really fun after that, even like when you sober up. But like, that's a, like, it's such a crazy transition. And then, you end up doing these part. How when does the Mooclave thing like stop? Um. Well, this is what still two thousand twelve. Yeah, like two thousand twelve is a hot fucking year. That was like a peak, yeah. And like we went to Toronto again, and I like DJed. Uh, at the so uh no was that the same year? Did I do? No, I think I was just there visiting. Then I did a song with Seize Rock, Scary Movies, on his, like, I did two songs on his, like, um, Zero Gravity mixtape. And that was me and um, a bunch of, like, other producers. And there was Indo514, who is, who, who was, who's part of um, Les Anticipateurs. Uh, that's how I, like, linked up with them after, but that happened and then by this time i think i was like living in in uptown and then i started djing at like on cachette uh my homie like coma who i had uh, known from who linked me up with seize rock linked me up with another job at on cachette and i was doing like wednesdays and thursdays there then i was doing like some parties at the fucking death house with my homie Shaw and then in between there and like Angashet and then playing the Mook Life parties. Yeah, I was just like DJing a lot. I'm like looking back, I was just like DJing this whole time, like 2000, this 2013 now, me like DJing at Death House, Angashet. Yeah, I wonder uh, if you ever, like, I wonder if it just, like, happened that, like, you know, I ran into you back then and, like, no idea. Maybe. <clears throat> it's possible. I wore a suit. Blue Dog, I was doing some random shows at, and then, uh, yeah, then I went to Toronto and did the North North by Northeast, okay. which is, like, the Canadian version of South by Southwest. That's... We had a showcase. Uh, we were supposed to, like, do... One, it was like either with Smith and Wesson or Joey Badass. And this one, Joey Badass was like first like coming up. But Maps was like, yo, I'll do it with Smith and Wesson because they like, he's like, I grew up listening to that. He's like, I don't really like give a fuck about Joey Badass. He's like, in hindsight, he's like, that was a bad mistake because Joey Badass was, would have been the, you know, the one, because that show, we went to it after and it was so lit. It was like Liz Frasco, uh, Raz Fresco was there and like, like a bunch of like 
industry people from like Canada and the States were like there at that show. No one was at the fucking Smith and Wesson show. It was just like, yo, that's a big lesson. Like that's a knowledge nugget. If we ever heard a knowledge nugget. Yeah. Focus on the young. The old is the old. And I know that's like, sounds harsh. Like sure. There's the vanity side of saying you are perform with Smith and Wesson and whatnot. But the reality is, is like when you go, when you said joy, I'm like, that's like when Pearl Era was coming through and like about to dominate like fucking music for about five or six years. Like when Joy Badass dropped his album in 2017, he was like on top of the world type thing. And so it's like, that's a huge lesson. Really, really cool. Are you still looking at your flyers? Yeah. Yeah, because then I... Uh, I reached out to this girl Mayday, DJ Mayday, and she had a night at Salon Officiel, and it was this little bar on Roy, and then Saturdays they'd have these like super lit fucking parties and they were called Please Me Saturdays and I reached out to her because like some of my homies Tron from like Mook Life were like DJing at those parties, and I'm just like, yo, I want to rock with that, so I like reached out to her and I was just like, yo, can I play and she was like, oh my god, I'm so glad that you reached out to me, so I became like a regular on those, you know, I was like in the rotation of DJs um, for her night there. Cause she would have like a Saturday and like, that was like a super like, cause she got paid 300 bucks every Saturday. So she could either take that $300 and just DJ the whole night from like 10 to three or like DJ with, another some other dj and split it 150 with them for the whole night so sometimes she would just do it the whole night and other nights she would get me or redhead or or nikki raisins or fucking tron and split it like 150 so that was like an easy like and you just go you you play like for like 45 minutes and then or she would start off the night and then you get there at like 11 or 11 30 12 when people started to pack in and then you play and then the people are starting to get loose and then they're getting drunk and then you can start playing whatever the fuck you want. And then after you just go like back and forth and like DJ, like that was super fun. Like those are some really like fun nights. Just like playing, like first you have to play some crowd pleaser at first. And then when everyone's drunk, you just like kind of play, not whatever you want, but you can get a bit more like, oh yeah, I'm going to play this like deep cut from like a fucking like early like three six and everyone's just so like fucked up they're just like they don't care and they're just like vibing with it or whatever big dj tips from vincent price all right so you do this for a while what happens with the mook life it ends at some point uh that's 2013 and then 2012 like 2003 now we're going back <laughs> Yeah, well, 2013, and then my mom passed away. And that was kind of, like, that was a weird time for me because I was just, like, I was, like, partying a lot, and my mom just died. So I was just, like, I don't want to feel sad, so I'm just going to, like, continue partying. So I just kind of just, like, I didn't really process the whole grief of that till like, years later type of thing because i was just like i don't want to feel sad about this so i'm just gonna like like fucking plowing right through obviously like i i was sad like i was cried about it but i didn't like really process the the whole like gravity or grief of it till like years later right um i mean that's serious those 
um rest in peace to your mom and uh thank you um so you partied on through that and then are you still djing well yeah there's like yeah i'm djing there was like matt like mook life parties i'm djing then i i did another um uh i did another art beat thing with uh depi he's like i don't know if you know who he is but he's like he was a pretty big uh, producer there's a just and like from and rough sound they're like you know loud uh, loud and larry not really no that's like, why i'm trying to do, that's, why that's like a big they're, they're like huge uh, on the loud and larry you know from from they're like huge on the quebec i see like a loud like sold out i don't know if he sold out but he opened at the, the bell center he like had a show at the bell center and the, um ajs uh rough sound was like the um uh they were like the producer aspect of of that um young guy and she she's a dj producer uh very talented uh, female voice in the city uh grand buddha they're they're all like we just played a bunch of beats at uh um what's it called is that belmont and that was like a fucking crazy lit night like we had as much people as like uh like a very well-known like american artist could like pack in and it was just like us beat makers like playing beats all night like no rappers nothing it was just like us playing beats on stage and like keeping the crowd fucking lit Mm. it sounds fucking fresh though yeah, people need to do more things like this still. I mean, I don't even know if this was all happening pre-COVID because I wasn't paying attention to any of that shit because I was lost in my, like, rapper world. But, um... So that was, like, October 2013. <clears throat> then November, me and Mayday started these nights at Cabaret Underworld, Rapture. It was, like, a hip-hop monthly thing, and it was, like, me and her, and then we would, like, bring in, like, a rotating, like, DJ. That lasted, like, for a little bit. And then still DJing, started opening up for artists as a DJ at this point, like Cool Keith, I opened up for, and then I would DJ for like the artists at the show type of thing. A lot of stuff at Underworld. And then uh, me and another dude from Mook Life, uh, what's his name? Um, Hugo Chavez. Me and him started, he started this night at Trash Bar. We started like doing, you know, bi-monthly things there. Still like DJing with like Mook Life. This is like 2014, December. Then I started linking up with Auntie Serpateau and like producing for them. Uh, Then their things started blowing up and then I was doing stuff with Shells. I started linking back up with him from Murderface and we started like working on our own like kind of music together. We did our first project that was like 2015. Um, that came out, what was that? Uh, some time ago. We had like started working on that album like like 2000, like 13, 14 or something. And then it only came out in 2015. And then, yeah, I don't know, I'm still, like, DJing and just, like, producing. Hold on. Yeah, 
And then. Yeah. I don't know, just started releasing a lot of instrumental projects at that point. And then from the whole art beat thing, I got like more known as like a producer and just like releasing. And at that point, a lot of people were just like releasing, like you didn't even have to like put out something with a rapper. You could just put out like an instrumental project and it was like interesting. It was like, And I was always into like having like a theme about something. So like my first one, I was like making a lot of like trap beats. So I did Trapped in the Dark and it was all these like very kind of like dark, trap beats and i like took a cover from uh, uh some like old grind like exploitation movie and just put like vincent price and photoshop that together it was like a ep i did and then yeah and then i linked up with the uh, colonel and then i don't know it's kind of just like not a blur but between then and now, I just kind of just been like releasing a lot of instrumental music and then like working with CL. Got another, I just did another project with, uh, with Shells. And uh, yeah, I don't know if you have any other questions. Man, it's always questions. I definitely know that we blitzed through the last little bit of that, but I mean, it feels yeah, like, kind of <laughs> like uh, you're at the point where I mean, you're making beats and you're working with people, and that's just kind of the life. I know you have a kid at some point in there. I mean, that's more recent, maybe. In, in the last, yeah, seven, seven, eight months, I had a kid. That's pretty fucking great. Um, and I mean, that that's like really cool. Yeah, I mean, like, I I blitzed through, like, a huge portion of, like, a lot of crazy things in my life, like, nah, I'm a lot of China. party, I think I was partying a lot, and, like, like going, it, to, yeah, just, like, We're more here girlfriend. to celebrate all the incredible shit. I'm just, like, I'm done. looking at, like, poster, and I'm just, like, oh, should I talk about that? that just like So, first of all, the whole, like, from 2012 on... They're still going to have to do a whole second one of these to really, really, really unpackage. Some yeah, because that, that, that was, yeah, that, that was, that was uh, a whole, like, I was just trying to make sure we got through everything before we let Cool Man Logan come for a minute and let him feel, like, happy. I like you, Cool yeah. Man Logan. I'm giving you a Zoom. And then my favorite part of your story is as of January 1st of this year, because that's when I met Vince Price and properly. And then... Yo, for real, y'all don't even get it. Like, on my end of that, it's like, I see a Facebook post from Solam, and it says, I'm looking to do some Cypher blue, blue, blue. But in my head, I'm like, I've been meaning to do some online concert shit for a minute. And I had seen how end of the week have been managing. Uh, and I see your questions, I'm gonna, I'll ask it for sure. Um, I see the end of the week, like Zoom Cypher shit. And I'm like, that makes sense freestyling wait a second it doesn't sound shit if everyone's freestyling because nobody knows what it's supposed to sound like right and then i hit up vince and he's just like yeah let's do it and i'm like no shit and then the next thing you know all these beats appeared and vince started showing up and doing it week over week over week i mean like from my perception it's like i don't know who vince was at this point and i'm like shit that's a pretty cool guy to be working on this thing with. You know what I mean? Like, that's fucking legend shit up in here. Like, it just takes it to, like, man, your brow power is huge, dude. And I, I never, 
really like looked at it like that but that's because you don't have all these people going oh you're with vince price i'm like oh shit like everybody reacts to you with like dj smoky yes i did yeah i did cross paths with dj smoky i because i i linked up with this dude mobile pro and he was this young up-and-coming dude um, from montreal he like reached out to me and he's like he's like he's a cool dude um young young dude he's probably in his like early 20s now but he was like 17 or whatever when he like reached out to me because he like he heard about me through this like because that 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 whole mook life thing was like a huge like underground movement like a lot of like uh good like music and stuff like went through there and it was just like throwing like underground parties in montreal like it was pretty like well known and it was just like so if you did kind of did like music or trap you knew about like 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 mook life um and then eventually um i started djing for mobile pro um at some of his shows and he, him and this other dude they brought dj Smokey down um i forget hamilton i think dj Smokey's from um and I opened, played played some music, and I, I DJed uh, Mobile Pro set, and then DJ Smokey like finished off the show like just DJing his like crazy production or whatever at the Belmont. So yeah, that was a that was a fun night. Man, it's again like I'm just like sitting here like you're you're just an incredible person. Like, you still do it too, right? But also, you've done it consistently, as in, without interruption. There was no, I mean, okay, there was four years off-ish when you were half-assing it when you were 20, comparative to everything else. But, like, for real, like, your story is basically, like, I learned to make beats. But I was still consistently making music, like, all that time. Like, whether or not a lot of people were hearing it, like, I was just, like, I've always been, like, and I'll make music... Like, I don't care if anyone listens to it. I'll still, like, I'll be making music till I can't anymore, like, type of thing. Like, but they, I do it because I love it. And it's they, just, like, you're still... I want people to hear my music, obviously, but I do it because I love it. Because, like, I want to fucking hear what the you fuck know, comes I, out of my fucking crazy brain. I definitely think it adds credence to Ismail going, you're one of Montreal's, or his favorite, but one of Montreal's best producer persons. Like, it's probably like, yeah, dude, like, you gotta, you gotta claim to be made in that conversation in a way People have told me that. I'm just like, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I believe it to a certain extent, but (laughs) I don't, I don't, I'm not, (laughs) I also don't want to be like, yeah, you know, I'm not like. That's why I use words like like one of braggadocious but no no man but the people like a lot of people have told me that so it's just like i know like i'm good at like what i do so that's part of why i keep doing it because people are still listening and i'm just like i'm like yeah i'm pretty good at doing this thing so i'm just like why would i stop doing it because it's just like it's more than the work few things that i'm like actually like really good at doing i think it's you you're a huge part of it it's not just the beats. Like, I feel like it's like your personality reflects into the beats in a sense. I don't know how to put it, but like there's a versatility and a freshness to it. But if you look at your life, there's a versatility and a freshness to it that is consistent. You weren't static with it. You found new ways to challenge yourself. Um, yeah, yeah. You basically... Well, even now, like I've kind of gone back to like, like I still make trap beats and stuff, but I've like 
really like maybe that was all part of that the Griselda movement or whatever in the uh, rock marciano but i fell back in love with just like the simplistic of like finding like a really good sample and then just like a fine but but at the same time it's just like that's what people kind of want to hear that that's like at this time that like this kind of stripped down uh version of of rap music not all of it you know and i still mm -hmm. try to do some like intricate stuff but that's it at the same time i enjoy just finding like a really dope sample and then like accentuating that part that dope part of it and just being and like kind of making it my my own in my own way or whatever can i give you just another compliment here just for my own personal feelings i have spent about five months telling people to go on twitch and do their thing and you did it you, you... yeah well when i have time just like oh i got a half an hour i'm like all right i'm gonna go on twitch and try and make a beat even if it's fucking half of it's boring like not the last one that I did, the first part of it, my mic worked, and then the last part, my mic stopped working for some reason. So Willie was just like, "Yo, man, just keep going, just like make the beat. It's like we don't have to hear you, just make the beat." And yeah, I it's did big that. facts. Willie spitting big facts. Yeah. Look at you crushing the, it the, the, the mic just stopped working. I was like, "We are waiting." A cool man, Logan has actually. The, the, the the cool man, Logan, turn off your. Yeah, I knew. Twitch. Posty before Mook Life. Yo, that's uh, a big point. That's why the questions come through. Feel free to keep asking your questions. Also, Posty worked at Sub V. That was a whole nother fucking link between everything Sub V and NDG. I don't that even was know like what the, that is. Sub V was a graffiti uh, shop and they sold clothes there too. And it was like right across the street from Bowfinger in NDG. Mm. Did you try and rhyme roulette? No, I didn't. I didn't try rhyme roulette. Um, nah, for real though. Like, I know, I know Osti from there, and like, I actually like, I made this you know, when I went back to to school at um, Concordia for a bit. I took this the Narcy's hip hop class, and me and this dude, we made like a mini documentary about NDG, um, and like, it's like linked to like Montreal the hip-hop scene in montreal and just like the history of ndg and uh we interviewed Osti. i interviewed Osti in that like at at Sudvi and stuff so yeah that was pretty cool it's just like so many things it can bet you could probably spend the next hour remembering stuff so we're definitely gonna need a i actually did go on my soundcloud and i have a remix that i did for us bs remix it's still yeah, on my soundcloud i can do that in real time if you want z l m n l what's it zimmel yeah, i, I guy, go with zalman l yo he's Zalman. like the realist man this guy knows no, he showed up on my twitch yesterday the other day and i'm like like who is this guy i'm sure i know him because he like was saying all these things of like people i'm just like so i want to know who you are because I feel bad. I'm like, you're all trying to jump on. That's why person. you got to jump on the Discord where Zamanel is up in there. And he, that's how Lamef spelt it out one time. So that's what I'm rolling with. Uh, what's this song called? The remix thing? Uh, BS Remix. Uh, I'll find it. Vincent Price BS Remix. Now you can tell your anecdote with the, the cars, or I think you said Derby. I think that was a word. I might Orange be Line Derby. All right. <clears throat> something to that effect 
Basically, it was go along the whole orange line, get off at every stop and drink a beer or as many beers as you could drink mm. till the next Metro comes and do that along the whole orange line and started off with like a bunch of us. I did like a few lines and I'm just like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good. Like I also like, I didn't really, I don't really drink beer. So I was like, they all had like their beers. Right. And I was just like, I was drinking like hard liquor. I had some like cognac or something. So I like, I tapped out after like a few stops and then like they got as far as like, I think like Lucien Lallier or something. But then the next day it was like, cause they, they, they put it up on, on the website and then it was this whole scandal with the STM and like it was on the front page of the Gazette and like the Le Devoir and like all this shit of like people, cause they started like pissing in the metros like live on the seats and like taking there's like all these pictures that were like there's like pictures of me that was like in the gazette you can't really like see my face because i was like like far away but like because at the beginning i was like i was there with them so i wasn't there for like the whole like duration of like everything that they did but they like stood out like they just like caused mayhem along the orange line um, so that that's what ended it was that moment yeah, and then from there, the website kind of was just like, yeah, like it got too much attention to the website. And then there was just like, they tried, they made it private after that. And then it just kind of like things started slowly fizzle out after that. Fair enough. Uh, so cool, man, Logan, since you made a, are you, are you coming on the call? Like, are you joining us or are you not joining us? Cool, man, Logan, because you're there and you're chatting. So I'm not sure why <laughs> you're fucking, um, he has to pee. Fair enough. That's uh, being said to everyone. Um, so what's next for Vince price? What's next? Yeah. Now? I mean, like the future. Dad, <laughs> that's a big fucking thing. I gotta like, I don't know. Just, I'm just keeping making more music and coming up with other projects and things I want to do. I mean, I've, I've, I've done things with like, uh, you know, Nicholas Craven, me and him did a whole <laughs> project together, made a bunch of beats and featured like a bunch of like dope English Montreal um, rappers, Deuce God, CL, Morris Regal, Peso, Boy Blue, uh, Chad Game, fucking some French rappers too. Um, and yeah, no, I don't cool. know. I'm just gonna keep making music. I want to work with more, like more American artists and dudes from like Rochester, Buffalo, like that. That whole like new underground scene that's emerging and stuff. Mm. That, that's I mean, I got I got music with CL coming out soon. Um, I got music with you coming out soon. That's true. Got more music with Shells coming out. I'm just trying to like focus on the the, the projects um that i want to like work on next and then just kind of see what happens i've always kind of that's just kind of how to live my life i'm just like i'm like i want to do this thing and i either do it or i don't things don't always work out but i always do something and then 
something like it just keeps on keeping on and just you know I'll make new, more music and this project will come out or this project won't come out and I don't know I just kind of live my life it, it, it's like it. one day at a time <laughs> like really like it's like it's so nifty I, to me yeah like, yes and no like I'm with I'm with someone that's like very um like yo we got to plan shit out and just like like we got to think about like at, at the same time it's true like I'm I'm 36 it's just like I have a kid now it's just like I do kind of have to kind of plan yeah you know it's just like yeah I think things do work out things kind of always have just kind of worked out like yeah I've had bad times in my life you know I've had really good times had some really dark times you know but at the same time things always kind of like work out for the best you know it's just like I mean you seem to surround yourself with really smart like people in general everybody that knows you has been somebody that like I seem to be like you know I, I respect them or whatever they're all like people like that are just doing interesting shit um as far as planning i'm like man all i'm doing is planning i plan all the fucking time it's like the opposite i'm just sitting there thinking about like where the fuck as planning i'll do is planning um, who do, do i listen I, like... to most in 2021 um uh, honestly Onyx... well, a lot of i listen to a lot of like the, the dj mugs shit everything that he's been coming out with let, let me look at my spotify because that's a, honestly a lot i listen to a lot of spot uh, podcast recently uh last podcast on the left i listen to a lot of my own shit thing you know, just, streets mugs and room streets crazy yeah mugs and room streets that, that was really good mugs and bonnie rate yeah that's another one mugs and flea lord um and uh, riff raff yo riff raff is dope Okay. You've been listening to Riff Raff a lot? Not a lot, but I mean, I like, he always comes up in like music that I listen to. Like a new song. He just, he just dropped a, an album with him and Yellow Wolf. It's pretty dope. I know you don't really fuck with Yellow Wolf now, but. Yellow Raff? What's it called? Yellow Raff? Nah, man. No, it's, it's like, I'm so torn. Turquoise. It's like, I almost, Turquoise Tornado. No, I seriously almost reviewed That's it. That's what it's called? Like, yeah, turquoise. Like I, I reviewed Yellow Wolf's last project before this one, so like I'm really down to like go listen to Yellow Wolf and Riff Raff. I, I just didn't do it because something else happened, and I ended up not doing it on that day or whatever. No, I had to do some other review this weekend that was off camera that's coming out tomorrow. Uh, so I have a review coming out tomorrow that I couldn't do. This is my camera. jump. This is my jump back in. Look, it's I got Alchemist, Blizz from Juice. He's like an upcoming uh, Rochester rapper. Haram. Which was uh, Arm and Hammer and Alchemist, me and Shells' project, you name it. I got Are You Experienced, Jimi Hendrix. I got Fake Flex, Fake Freestyle. Hey, that's a good one. I, I got like that one. Raekwon, Raekwon, Immobilarity, uh, Red that's and Math Blackout, freestyle. Marilyn Manson, Supercrash, Antichrist Superstar, and then Cash's Classics, which is a, a fucking playlist that I made of songs that i play for my my Yo, son I'm, when gonna, I want to, like, I'm just gonna say i feel pretty special being in the company of all that greatness i don't care what anyone says that's a blessed moment go. in my fucking life um but yeah no that's uh really cool but the other question was dope also was uh any beat experimentation uh 
I mean, I want to start ma- making some more like like house beats again. Yes. Some like dancier stuff. I want them. Experimenting with that. That shit, yo, Vince Price made the best dance beat ever. I don't care what anyone says. It's the it's so good. Um actually I'm just gonna like uh I'm influenced by like what what I hear like at the moment. If I'm like really into something, I'll like start like or I'll hear like a like a like a beat and I'm just like, oh I wanna I wanna make that like my muse is like just like lots of things around me, you know. Just like I'll watch a movie and I'll hear like a, a sample from it, or like a little, you know, something from the the the, the score, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I want to sample that. Fair enough. Um, so which other Montreal rappers do you want to produce for? Um, I mean. I got a few tracks with Morris Regal. I want to do more with him. Um, I sent some beats to Mike Shab. I don't know. I don't know if he's gonna fuck with that. Like, cause he uh, uh, he liked what I did with um, with Deuce God, and he was like, "Yo, yeah, I fucked with that." And I hit him up on Instagram, and he was like, "Yo, send me some beats." So I did. Um, you know, Nate Huss. I'd like to work with him. Uh, There's this one dude I heard from from DG. I forget his name, but he's been doing some grime stuff. I'd like to work with him. Yeah, there's grime uh, DG. Yeah, he did like a song with like a UK artist. It was like in Cult Montreal. Like I saw, it, but I forget. Yo, Vince um, is like the data brain. You know everything. You you are producers got memories. And cool man, Logan has memories. I mean, do Scott. I want to work with him some more. You know, I mean, see how we get. We, me and him, we got some more music coming. Uh, other Montreal acts. I mean, I mean, me and Basic still don't have a, a track together, and he's been not that he hasn't been hitting me up for beats, but like nothing has just you know come out of it yet. So fair enough. Yeah, I don't, um, I don't know. You cannot mute. Hoshe, I'd like to work with him. Hoshe, he's like, yeah, Hoshe's fucking dope. Yeah, Hoshe wants to make three packs with all the producers in the city. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I last saw. You can unmute, cool man. Sorry, Wubali, Shubali, you can unmute if you'd like. Uh, I wasn't unmuted by I wasn't muted by force. I was a choice mute, but it's all good. It was a choice mute. That's fair well, enough. I don't want to be like sound accountable. No, sorry. You're, you're. This is the part where you're allowed to to now chime in and and and. Control. Oh no, but I, I didn't want to chime in. I just wanted to like, if you guys wanted dates, like to tell you without having. Can to we play. hear CL talk about Vincent Price now? Uh... Yeah, can we hear CL talk? Who said about that Vince is that Dozer? Price? No, that's Zaman no. Yo, Zaman is like the realest one. He's like Ismail. Like he's a real it's a, real it's one. It's something. No, no, he is the realest one. It's just also something Dozer would say. Yeah, yeah, Dozer's fucking uh, fun guy. I appreciate him still. Um, so yeah, what do you what 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 are your what are your thoughts listening to this cool man Logan having just walked through all of that? Uh, my thoughts. I mean, oh, it's cool, man. It's you're right though. You do put into perspective. Like this has been part of a lot of like epic shit. It's true. Like, and and like from 
different sides of like the the coin you know like shit that's not exactly all the same you know mm. so it's really cool but no i was like i i didn't think that like he was leaving anything out it was more just like oh i was gonna tell him oh that was then this was now you know i know that I that, that was, was there it was like, that's it. once i went on my my facebook i could kind of exactly he solved that with the flyers that's why i stopped talking there, about there was a bunch of thing like in between that that i didn't post on facebook because facebook wasn't really like a thing like that for like yeah. for like your music or whatever it was mm -hmm. more like word of mouth or like fucking sound uh facebook events were big like at one point though facebook yeah. events like getting people to go to stuff by inviting them to the but event the, yeah but like 2012 13 14 like that, no, was, that was actually well you know what happened was for events i can tell you what the fuck happened did you see how good the events were in 2012 like, you were able to invite everyone. No, but it's more than that. Like, I'm right. talking about. Yeah, like, they didn't limit you. That's true. No, yeah, but it's ahead. more than that. You so shit. There's like 500 people right now that you can invite right now. 500 people. Like, come on, let's That's not still pretty about. good. There's the, yeah. the limits thing isn't a real thing. What happened was, yo, I used to have these like flyers that would appear to have my name on them, and then there'd be like this link to my music in it. And there'd be like a description of the shits and there'd be like clearly defined times like these events like meant something more yeah. than just a placeholder that something was happening on a particular time and now if you look at most facebook events to most people like i try really hard to honor the times i put on my facebook events so yeah. that people take them seriously yeah. and now it's just like oh 12 yeah it's just like it's on that day at some time or whatever and yeah, so, the Facebook event was the event. Like people said, they were going, and and you were like, yeah, they were actually going, and then, and then show up in real life, and you're like, wow. And now, then it just changed on the way. But I think we all treated them less seriously. But it was when people started putting less effort into actually doing the events right. Like I, I don't know. I I take this shit serious. Event creation. I try to put the links to everybody. Like if you're gonna come look at an interview of Vince Price, fucking. Thing, there should be a link to a Vince Price fucking thing. Otherwise, sure, why yeah. are you ever going to go see it? Especially when you see like 15 names. Just a list of unclickable names. And you're like, I don't know who any of these people are. I'm not... Yeah fully incentivized I always hate that like no I was all, my theory is that, like you could like really like a group or, or artist and they'd be like the third on the night and by the time you get to like the eighth person of the night you don't even remember that you like that person or what their name was or anything like that. and then the other part of it is more like you look at the rave scene which my brother was a part of at the time they went so far as to write motherfucking bios like their event descriptions yeah, were yeah. like a thousand fucking words okay yeah. It was like, crazy like, links. It's a good idea, too. I, like, so if I ever, like, get important. to that part of life, people's getting fucking bios and introductions and, like, fucking links to other shits. Because, yo, it's like, why is, like, Ismail going to come give us $10? Does he want to come hang out and watch this particular kind of music on that night? I don't know. But we should let the people have, like, a better sense of what they're getting into more than just, here's a bunch of names from Montreal okay like you know like just that's what i think happened to facebook events yeah and all you would have to do because yo think about it like anytime not you see, in covid no but COVID. Yo, I thought, I, you guys are making me sad talking about all these parties i was like fucking parties but like parties. 
Even with the yeah. protests and shit, when they were really well defined and structured, they were organized well, things happened. When they were not well defined, they didn't. Like, there's a. People still rely on events. If the people put effort into, like, like even if you, like, leave music, like, if people put effort into the event, other people take them seriously. Like, we do this in my day job. We throw, like, webinars and shit. And, like, uh. you motherfuckers, like, seriously, if you say, like, this shit's going down at this time, they expect it. Not in rap music, though, man. That's not how, like, like especially not like underground rap music in Montreal. You know, you gotta add like two hours every time. So then book the show at seven. <laughs> you should. And it'll start at nine. Right. It'll be like, yo, last call at fucking. Yo, because you know what the other thing is? I want to spend a $30 Uber tax to go to your show, personally. Then don't. It is I what it is. No, I don't. That's why I don't go to a lot of shows. Um, Honestly, but... like, <clears throat> you're telling me you wouldn't pay a $30 Uber now to see a show, like a really good show? Yeah, you would. After oh, there's been no said, You weeks. said a really good show. And yeah, I have, yeah, it doesn't have all to be the choice in the world to go to a really good show. As in, it doesn't have to be a hip hop show. So if it's a choice no, of a really good show, then I'm having the time of my fucking life. I'm going to stay till whenever, and yeah, I'm going to throw it down. Yeah, but if but I'm not having... Like a year of show starvation, like... Yo, I'm, I'm telling you, my $30 better. matters more to me than that. Like, right, I'm right. I'm not that... Like, yo, I want lit vibes. You I don't... Pay, you Go ahead. So I want a lit vibe. Like, no, I'm saying straight up, I'm in my 30s now. Do I K really... Reno? You wouldn't pay $30 for K Reno? <laughs> no. I don't oh, you, think that you, show would be that lit, to be honest. I like it. No, I, yeah, but you let you in free probably. No, but it's more than that. I'm saying, would I stay past midnight? Would I be like, because, yo, it's more like I get up at like 6.30. Cut it out. I'm yeah, not kidding. Imagine it's on a weekend. Dude, what if it's a Friday? They still wake up early. I can't be fucking on my sleep that much. So it better be that lit. <clears throat> I'm saying it but That's why you're be. taking Uber as an exception. It's like one or two shows a year. You don't give a shit. Come on. It's not the end of the world. You're going to show every week. Yeah, then. then but that's, that's what why. I'm saying. I want to be in the every position. Every month, even. That could be a I, want, I would rather be in the situation where I'm going to the show every single week and it's lit and it's done by 1130 so I can catch that Metro uh, home. Every week is too much, though. Like, who, who do you want Keep to see? What artists do you want to see every week? Like, Dude, I've met so many people that there's actually that many people I'd want to go support if that shit was in locked up. Oh, and that shit was... like a variety. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but I'm saying if the shit was nice, as in, Fair yo, listen, so. I make... I Look, I, I I get a decent, like, job and shit. I can't no. be showing up to fucking work all exhausted. Anyway, I don't want to run this too late and getting sidetracked because I don't want to, like, yeah. I know Vince has the kid and this is the Vince Price show. I got work tomorrow, too. I got to be up at 530s. All right, so what we can do then is we can wrap this up. Thank you for coming through and adding some passion. Cool, man, Logan. I was running out of steam. Um, for real, <laughs> thank you, everybody, for coming, everybody watching this, for real, asking your questions. Thanks, Vince Price. You're fucking wonderful. Um, I really appreciate you. I look forward to seeing you tomorrow. That's right. Yeah, tomorrow. man, you too. And maybe we'll do, we'll do a part two. Not as long, but we'll do a part two with you. Maybe, or we just set up a part maybe, two in maybe. a few months when there's like, uh, yeah, anyway, we're gonna do. That's what right. I'm saying. Now, down Not the nah, down the line, we're gonna do a proper part Ooh. two. It'll be another three hours. Yeah. It's what it is. You're Vince Price. Right. There's that much in your fucking world. Thank you all for watching though, cause yo, that shit stayed over ten pretty much the whole time, and I was blessed. Y'all showed love for real. Y'all kept that chat going. It was, Thanks it was super through, easy yeah. to keep running this shit. You know what I'm saying? Um, 
y'all should go follow cool man logan on all his shit you, you can link it here and um you can well, go I got, ahead i gotta be a him. better storyteller though you know like i've always wanted to like i you love were, movies you were but like oh. i gotta no, but i gotta get him more like like concert like there's a good nah. storyteller you know and it's just like but you know what the problem i can tell stories right but i'm like i want to be a good storyteller you know? but you were like what i love as a storyteller in this one i just want to like end it on that Yo, I talk to a lot of rappers slash good storytellers a lot, a lot. And like, yo, we spin. Maybe just because it's all like jumbled in my brain. Yo, and then we just got out, like, so oh, much. <laughs> no, it's beautiful. The verbal diarrhea that was this interview of you spewing memories was like the show. That's what we do here. You watch it with everyone else. Just this time it was you. Um, and it's that's the experience, man. You were perfect. It was wonderful. We have Ismail going part two, three, four, and five. Part two for real. Everyone's fucking showing love. That's not like that's just I can't make that up. Ismail is not gonna make up some shit like that. That guy is so fucking sharpshooter with it that it's like spot on when he spits it. He means it when he says it. Gang, Facts. Gang. So all I have to say, thanks you all for watching wherever you are. Appreciate it. Thank um, you. Definitely, uh, if you're in the future watching this, you can feel free to hit the subscribes, likes, and follows, and all that. Special thanks to the patrons. the future. <clears throat> Special thanks to the patrons. Ismail Gadamsi, Chris Patter, Jonathan Barnes, CJ Black, Hurricane, Linda Williams, and Scribble. They're dope. They support what we do. If you're on Amazon, if, sorry, if you're on Twitch and you have Amazon Prime, you can subscribe for free, and that would be dope. And if you've done it in the past, it renews monthly. And if you're in the future, patreon.com slash behind that suit. On that note, everybody, I'm going to go peep real quick who the fuck we going to raid. I think we going to raid this Honeycomb beatboxer dude because he's just fucking ridiculous. And I watched him the other day and it was just super blessed and I really enjoyed it. He said, behind that suit. It was fucking super cool. So if y'all like Vince Price, I do not see why you would not like this person's content. On that note, everybody, live long and prosper, everybody. Mm -hmm.